0: Blog Talk Radio. Grab verbalizer, what time is it? Grab verbalizer, what time is it? Grab verbalizer,
1: what time is it? African, very African. Come and Steppin yeah. Brothers Temple, see what's happening. You'll taste the. From a zero, tell me what a sissy know. Funk lesson is the new flow, stalking, walking in my big black boots, living off the earth, eating herbs and fruits. The children are waiting me by the mountain in the river and yeah. gather around the fire for the scroll that I deliver. Let's speak yeah. of a house that's from the sand to the sky and yeah. devils ever doubt and want to measure how high. Your logic yeah. reveals you, your mind can't catch it. Dimensions yeah. of a god go far beyond brackets. Yeah. Coming to my oven, devils. Come and you burn. I can yeah. always feel vulture with the strength and black word. You're pissing me off because you swear you're higher level. Back to your cave. Get yourself together. Chili and magilla. Chocolate and vanilla. Yeah. How can polar bears swing on vines with the gorillas, please? Yeah. Check your 'Cause it's something amiss. My home yeah. is a void, you drown in a bit. I teach your yeah. funk code and don't preach a rap rhyme. A wrong way to the sun as the mortals axe time.
2: Man,
1: time yeah. Good
2: evening and welcome to rent Radio. I'm your host, Thomas Barry, coming to you uh live from the midwest. I am coming to you and uh uh at a good time. We've been off for a while, a few months here, and now we're back. And um, you know what? We, we couldn't come back at a, a more darker time for our people. I got a packed show today with some great guests. Um, this past Saturday in Minneapolis, we had a incident where a young African-American male was shot while he was laying on his chest, shot in his face by the police. He was unarmed. He wasn't a threat to the cops. Um, This is the kind of stuff that is too much of a norm or reality for our people. Way too much. Too much of a norm. Too much of a wait-and-see process pop shoot, an unarmed brother, unarmed sister. And you have our people who are in fear. Yes, they're in fear. Now, before we bring our callers in, I just want to say some things that I'm noticing from my people that I would like to call some attention to. We have to stop with this verbal banging on each other. In front of mixed company, every time we have a disagreement, white folks don't need to know that we have a disagreement with each other. It's none of their business. Name a time when white people were having conflict with another group of people, and they allowed you into the inner workings of how they felt what they were going to do. They were crying about nine eleven when it went and bombed Iraq. Did you see that coming? See, they never tell you. How about the time they were trying to fake like the Cubans were going to hijack the planes? They tell you about that? See, they don't let you in on their inner workings. But we, every time we have a disagreement, we got to hop on social media, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, uh the root.com dot huffingtonpost.com and we got to let everyone know our dissent we need to make sure that we're communicating with each other that's why we always are divided that's why it always seems like we at this we have this conflict amongst each other it's because we never actually talk to each other we're always talking to our enemy about each other and the enemy loves it. Now, before you say, well, all white folks ain't the enemy, well, I don't need you to tell me that. I don't need you to tell me that. I, I need no reminder about the good white people that you know so well. Trust me, even if you knew some black, some bad white people, they're good white people as long as they're giving you something. I understand that. My point is we're talking about institutional racism at its finest. When the police can gun unarmed people down and hide behind a police union, hide behind the media, then they hide behind the Democratic elected mayor, right? county prosecutor, all these elected officials that they hide behind, that's a part of the institutional racism that we see. Then they have the Star Tribunes and the local other the other local media outlets to cover up the trail. Then we start fighting amongst each other like we do via Facebook, Twitter, hell, some of us is banging on Instagram. And then once we finish being playing that fool, they say, "Oh well, we didn't find any wrongdoing, and it's over." We have to stop that, brothers and sisters. We do. I promise you tonight I will not call out any names of any brothers or sisters locally, even nationally. I'll put down my sword. I won't say a thing about brothers and sisters personally. But I will tell you this much. Black Lives Matters have as much a right to protest as anybody else there protesting. Those who are against Black Lives Matter protesting have a right to be against that as well. But more importantly, the discussion needs to happen amongst the people, just like how Ferguson had to get all the out-of-towners out-of-town so they could sit down and have a discussion and put together a plan. Minneapolis need one, too, not just for the north side, but for the north and south side. Because while we're upset about the murders over north, the murders happen on the south side, too. St. Paul as well And the police are killing people In St. Paul and in South Minneapolis as well So With that being said I got an action packed show I got Brother Adrian Mack uh, He's on with us I got Brother Hollis uh, Winston uh, From the African American uh, DFL caucus, caucus He's with us Brother Mel Reeves So I got some uh, insightful folks coming on So we can talk about this Let me bring a couple on in now. Hey brother how you doing
3: Hey, can you hear me? Hollis.
2: Yes, I can hear you, brother Hollis. And brother Adrian, what's up, with you? How you doing?
0: Oh, good to be
2: back on the show. Rant radio
4: alive again. What's up, my uh brother, my big brother Mel. What's up, Thomas Barry? Good to
2: hear you, brother. Hey, what's going on, man? Mel's not on yet. We got brother Hollis with us right now. Mel will be on Hollis, shortly. Okay. Hey, brother Hollis, good to hear your voice, man.
4: How you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Good to hear your voice. You too.
2: Hey, Brother Adrian, I want you to start it off, man, because I know you were down there, and, and I just wanted to ask, I, you know, um, we, we had a situation where I heard that a young uh, teenager was shot uh, on Plymouth. you know anything about that?
4: A uh, young teenager was shot. Are you talking about Jamar Clark?
2: Ah, no, not Jamar Clark. Just recently was you know, a teenager that was shot.
4: Uh, I, I just got wind that a 5-year-old and his father was shot Um just about hour, two hours ago, I don't know any details, but I know the community is organizing a vigil right now and going to kind of check it out and and circle it with some candles and definitely do you know you know like in our tradition as a people, honoring our fallen ones and making sure making sure that um, we give homage to our community. This is the way our community comes around and heals and repair and begin to grieve in process and, and network to connect with one another, to support one another. So I know that there's an effort going on right now to create a presence for that.
2: All right. That's what's up. And, Brother agent you were out there yesterday. Your voice is hoarse because you got maced. Uh You were there on the front lines uh, standing up for our people, brother. Uh, can you tell uh, some of the uh, listeners out there exactly what was going on? there?
4: Oh man, you know it's, it was it was so much. Um, and from and, um, audience, uh, my people, you listening, please forgive me for my voice. Um, it's you know this thing is is a generated effort of uh, peaceful vigilance and movement, black led. The beautiful thing is black led, but you know you have a lot of people who showing up and show and giving their support. Um, and we're really confronting the injustices that we're seeing in Minneapolis Police Department. Um, we're challenging the narrative. We're 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 definitely cognizant of the tactics that they've used across this nation that misleads them. It's those tactics dealing with how they control the narrative in corroboration with the media, how they withhold information. I mean, we definitely are seeing that withholding some information is causing them to be able to have some control. Its outlet, its output, and how it's perceived to try to create a public um, um, uh, interpretation of what's going on. We um, witnessed today, this morning, how WCCO and um, uh, Chair 11, I believe it is, released a report of uh, Jamar Clark versus the cops. And they definitely are decorating the cops, making it seem like that they were the finest of the finest. Law uh, police officers on the force um, talk about where they graduated from, that they have no incidents on record or anything like that. But they're also criminalizing Jamar Clark and convicting him in his death in the same way that they did Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, Freddie Gray, um, and um, countless other brothers. Um, and they're, they're drawing his record up and talking about his past encounter with um, with the law enforcement. Now, I can't confirm this detail, in fact, um, but there is speculation that um, uh, Jamar Clark had, was in the process of having a lawsuit against the Minneapolis Police Department for brutality. I'm not sure if that's 100% fact, but I'm just definitely spreading it out just in case it becomes um, confirmed. Um, the other piece to that is that there is an a unsettled – there was an a out-of-court settled lawsuit on one of the officers – Um, when he was in san diego on the police department which i'm suspecting is why he was he moved and got transplanted here um he had a lawsuit there was a lawsuit filed against him for an illegal chokehold to a citizen over there and it sounds like it was settled out of court so this these cops are not um the finest and they definitely have some records that they were holding yesterday I mean, again, we, we – uh, and I'm not saying I was we, we were all on this front line, but there was a front line, and we were chanting, we were challenging. Um, we occupied the whole 4th precinct. We made sure that our presence was known. Um, we threw out statistics. We, uh, we uh, connected with one another. The big piece is that we took care of one another, very in a peaceful way. And we also allowed the process of our community to heal, to grieve, and there's a lot of angry people in our community because this doesn't just um, uh, vibrate only in our own community. This vibrates and echoes from what we're experiencing across the nation right now, with law enforcement infringing upon our democratic rights and democratic principles as a people. So that's what you saw yesterday with the anger, with the protests, with folks willing to challenge law enforcement in their face and say, we're gonna occupy and not let you leave here until our demands are that. And it's not just Black Lives Matter that's out there. Those young people are challenging the system. They're really trying to organize and really get their our voices heard as a people to make sure that this thing is connected to a, broad, a struggle across the nation. But the NAACP is out there. The local Minneapolis branch of the NAACP is holding it down. They're out there um, keeping the people safe, um, doing the best that they can to organizing it, um, making sure that... The presence of us and our demands is still on the table That We want the, the tapes released. So we chanted and wanted the tapes released. Now, the police officers met a peaceful protest with um, hostility, with the tactics of inciting violence and invoking some type of physical confrontation. So we were mixed. We were pepper sprayed. We were shot with rubber bullets. We were um, shot with canisters. And um, they're trying to create the narrative with the corroboration of the media. So, you know, we cannot trust that apparatus. They're trying to create a narrative that the protest itself was violent. And that is not true. They incited the violence by shoving and getting in the face of some of the protesters that was in the front. They incited the violence by swarming through in their SWAT band at a a speed that almost ran several protesters over. They incited violence by shooting canisters into the crowd. They incited violence by breaking their own police cars and then uh, shooting Mace at us and claiming that it's coming from us. There's video footage of a police officer spraying his own sheriff in his face and claiming that it came from the crowd. I was out there for hours. I was helping people get prepared with face masks, with milks in their uh, canister, making sure that people were warned. Nobody had mace out there. Nobody had mace. There was not some protesters out there spraying and throwing mace at the police officers. None of us, was. we wasn't out there on that. Now, I'm speaking to for the large majority of the people there, okay? And there's no end. I can't, I did, on I me mean, going back and forth, I can't say I was an eyewitness to every site of the protest. But we did not, nobody can say that, oh, this person had a uh, a can of mace and it was spraying police officers. If one police officer would have had any inclination that they were under attack with some mace, trust me, it would have been a whole lot more bloodshed going on. So the police officers were inciting the violence. They were throwing the uh the, they were spraying us with mace and we were just holding the top up on the fence and they were spraying us down. Um they they was uh they was coming in they were swarming into the protest and, and dismantling lights because we kept the lights beaming on them. I mean, and they did everything they can. They surrounded us in many formations and tactically to try to incite some type of uh, militant formation um, as if they're going to repress our voice and repress us against some type of wall. But the people stood strong, the people stood uh, nonviolent, they uh, remained. Um, in their face, we chanted, we demanded, we occupied, and we was not going to let it down. So, I um, mean, you're coming from someone who was there and, and able to see as much as he could while he was participating in the protest. Mm.
2: And that, that, that's pretty deep, man. That that, that is pretty deep, uh, brother Hollis. I know you went with the back in DFL Caucus, brother. Uh, what do you what do you think about what you're seeing? And have you uh, gone down there as well?
3: Uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past, and um, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about, um, you know, I respect what, uh, you know, what Brother Adrian Mack did, what the NAACP is doing, you know, what what the community is doing, and I've been to some protests in the past, but I have mixed feelings in terms of, I think it's kind of, it's kind of a playbook that occurs here. Um it, when it gets to a point where someone has been, um, you know, someone feels like they can pretty much occupy your community on a regular basis and, uh, you know, to kill somebody in cold blood, you're already at a point where all a lot of the protesting and a lot of things that are done, I, I don't know the impacts. I, I would never cast disperses on you know, somebody who has a different opinion in my own community things. You know, I, I, I will always support my own, but I just, I don't know the impact it can have, as opposed to, you know, organizing, which a lot of the folks in the and a lot of folks down there do on a regular basis. But also at a political and a policy level, and you know, some of the ideas you talk about in terms of bringing, um, you know, black-owned businesses and different things—it's almost as if you're you're doing you're you're your, uh, you're attacking it too late. You know, sometimes you have just like pregnancy. I guess once you, if you got somebody pregnant, you know, it's kind of too late. And I uh, if right. you weren't trying to get them pregnant, so you know, I I respect it. But I, I talked to uh, I actually talked to somebody who,
0: um,
3: and I I'm not gonna name names here, but they kind of are involved with the activist community, but they are also politically involved. You know, in there they're talking to some of the politicians who are involved and the politicians are basically saying, hey, look, you know, uh, we'll get out there and we might even show up with you, but you, you know the end game. We know the end game. We basically know uh, we wait this out for a few months, um, and that's it. And so I get the demands, I get what folks are doing, but I also understand that a large part of protesting is, um, which doesn't necessarily appeal to me is it's, it's an appeal to uh, white America, to greater society to say, hey, look at this reality that exists, right? I, I've had my own issues with the police in the past. I think most everybody has. But I think it's an appeal to say, hey, look at this issue that is really affecting us. It's upsetting. We don't get to have this uh, a life that other people have. We have to worry about things other people don't have to worry about. We're not giving then giving certain opportunities. And if you look at the effect of that message, all you got to do is go on Facebook, all you got to do is talk to people, you know, white folks are on the street to listen to what they have to say. You could challenge their reality all you want, but they don't have any interest in having that conversation or changing their perspective. Um, and so there's really no pressure there to change that like there was in the 60s. I think people have kind of said, I'm doing what I'm going to do. There was a... Um, Uh, There was a study that came out I cannot remember the study Uh, I can say it to folks afterwards But it's a study that asked white people Has American society gotten better Since the 1950s or worse And overall I think about 64 or 65% of white people Said it's gotten worse They asked black people and Latinos And we said it's gotten better And there's a difference there Because you know By every indicator white people are doing Better than anybody else in the world But the fact that they have to compete now at some level or that people are, um, you know, black folks are more involved and Latinos are more involved in the workplace and making more money, it's not equal by any means, they're not comfortable with that. So you're getting to You're in a situation where white people are saying, no, my quality of life is going downhill. Other people are taking it away from me. But then you're having protests that are saying, well, no, my quality of life is really suffering. They're not trying to hear that message right now. If that's your approach. And I think that's a big appeal of protesting and and getting your message on TV and getting in newspapers and getting you know, just getting that message out there. I think that's a big part of what has to happen is that you have to convince society in general, hey there's a problem here that you need to address.
2: Right, I got brother Mel Reed who. who, is, who is, I got yeah. brother Mel Reed who's joining us as well, brother Mel. Uh, you've been you've hey, been at this for a long time, brother. What are you uh, What are you seeing out there, and uh, what's your opinion on what's going on?
3: Well, I think like when we talked earlier, um, you know, I, I give the uh, young people their due for being zealous, you know. But as we all know, uh, zealous from you know being energetic, and zealous won't get you halfway there. Uh, so I like, you know, the fact that they, uh, you know, they upped the ante The folks being willing to, I never criticize anybody when they would willing to put it behind on the line, you know. So they shut the highway down and, and really put the uh, attention on the issue even more than what we could do. But uh, at some point, we have to take it from the uh, police station because, you know, it has so many, so much potential to go wrong. All you got to do is hit somebody hit the cop at the right time or throw a bottle or, like in Ferguson, somebody go shoot over there, you know, and then somebody will get hurt in order to track from the issue, right? And, of course, it'll show mm-hmm. the police uh, pigs that they are, but we already know that, you know what I'm saying? And so what we're up against is some people have this philosophy of, you know, we're just going to get in the police, uh, the, the way of the police or in the face of the police, and we showing them. Well, we know that's not really real. The police have guns. When they when they, <coughs> they get tired of what you, they'll shoot, you know what I'm saying? So our thing is what we got to do, and I'm going to talk about this on Facebook, anybody will listen, we've got to build a big... Move, we've got to build a campaign. It has to include, uh, we we're talking about we don't want to march. That's fine. Then we can do an economic piece where we, I think I talked to you about this, we can start in the Black Friday, We won't spend no money downtown Minneapolis, you know, or uptown, right, if you don't want to march. So, but then the march, what the march does, because, see, a lot of people in their homes don't know what's going on. All they see is these people acting crazy. And you know how people are. They ain't coming out. They see acting crazy, and I don't blame them. But we can win this, right, because, we can get 3,000 people on the street. So what they're afraid of. The mayor ain't scared of these people. They ain't caring about, you can have a police station. You know how they operate. They don't care. You can take that thing. carry it off if you want. Just don't come downtown. Just don't come to serve us. Don't, don't, don't come and, and ask nothing of me, you see. So the move is to right. go demand of her that she tell her chief to fire these boys. Then we go across the street and demand that Mike Freeman prosecute them. And then we speak with one voice. You know, okay kid walking the street, what you want to see? I want to see that cop go to jail. I want to see them prosecuted. That's what we have to do. And I'm at this meeting where actually a lot of people finally decided they're going to come out to the police station and make sure that people stay safe, and that's good. But uh, the next move, and I'm talking to a lot of young people who want to do this, uh, the next move is, brother, we've got to do this, get the word out of the community. Some people in the community still don't know what happened. So we pass the flyer out see what see what the, see what that mark does is, you, you know, you write it down the flyer, right? You go door to door. You get to talk to your neighbors. And they be like, yeah, man, they're not there. That ain't right what happened to the boy. They're not dead. Yeah, they, that ain't right. They want to do something. But they ain't going to come to no craziness. You see what I'm saying? And then they put the information out. You know what happened? Because some people do on have. You know, they shot that boy while they had handcuffs on, while they were on the ground. Now, everybody knows. We sing them the same song. What do we want? We want that cop prosecuted. You, you see how it works? Because right now, the community ain't really, you know, they're, they're interested. I mean, it's a big deal. This is a, this is our Ferguson. This is uh, uh, the brother in uh, uh, in, in New York. You know what I'm saying? This is the biggest Freddie Gray. This is a murder, and you know, and people that are sitting around. We got a few hundred people at the police station. You know, uh, that ain't nothing. But what happened here, people? We can people are outraged. Folks in the suburbs will come out to this. Place. Well, we got to get it out of the hands of the folks who don't know what they're doing, and and get people out. So I'm gonna build a coalition of folks. Cause, oh, and 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 the sister. She's politically stooped. She's on top of it. The, the sister understands it. She's down with it. She's saying, Hey man, we gotta to go to city hall. We gotta to go to city government. We gotta you know, make them uncomfortable anyway, I'll be quiet. But but that's what has to happen. And then the rest of the country will see this. The, the city you know what I'm saying? The city can't take that kind of pressure. They're trying to get ball games in here, the Super Bowl and all that. They can't be seen as, you know, a city where the poll polo is just killing folks, you see what I'm saying? So if we put on uh but the pressure on them, they've got to give it up at some point. And especially hmm. we can add that economic boycott. And then, you know, we're going to do one. We can do one every few weeks. And they're going to be like, man, what, what can we do to get these people out the street? Because you know what happens. The folks start getting in the street, people get bold, right? You know, they start thinking, we can win this. More people will come out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I think that that is the, the, the way to go. You know, we have to build that because we've got to build a campaign. Like any time when you're trying to win something, you know, us uh, old activists know to do this. Um you gotta build a campaign. <clears throat> you know. And uh without that you know, what clear. you have now. What we have here now. Everybody's all over the place, you know. You know what I'm saying? Jumping out in front of a police station, you know, so not even they don't care nothing about that. They're watching too, by the way, Thomas. You know what I'm saying? They're playing chess. <laughs> yeah, so so we you know, we gotta play chess too. You know, what say what's up, brother Mom?
0: I can't hear you can you hear me? Yes, sir. Can you hear yeah,
2: brother, brother. yeah, I can hear you. Brother Adrian.
3: Okay. So yes, anyway, sir. so that, that's what I think needs to happen. We build a campaign starting with, um, and and I've already gotten indications that the family is really down with that idea. In fact, sister already said it. They, brother, we got to take this to City Hall. So we, we're going to do it. Next time y'all look up, you're going to see a few thousand people in the streets of Minneapolis. Remember I told you, because, you know, truth Truth is truth, it's gonna stand up. And I'm telling the truth. And everybody knows I'm right. We gotta get that's how we're gonna get some unity built too. We're gonna have to get in the street, you know. You know what I'm saying? And get together. And that'll get it.
4: Brother Mel. Hey Brother I, Adrian. Uh, brother, yes, sir. Uh, can I, I uh, wanted I you to that, chime in. Um, go ahead, brother. Okay, because brother Hollis and Brother Mel, I think y'all hit it on the point. I think you're uh y'all highlighted like the uh, excellent angles and perspective and highlighted why these situations are complicated. I'm uh, getting a lot of feedback. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, brother. Hello. Okay. So um it's kind no I think it's I think it's one of those where we. Uh, it's easy for us to criticize it and look at a movement while it's in the midst of it and say you know we need to do this better. This ain't gonna work and and that's fine because all of us you know we love this movement. We're part of this struggle and we have to be willing to love this struggle and love our people enough to criticize what we should do yeah. better.
0: Yeah, I think the you. thing
4: is is that I don't think I don't think we we can look at it from. One is kind of more evasive than the other. It has to be be more strategic, like Brother Mel said. We have to create a campaign. We have to make sure that we're going beyond the mobilizing efforts and actually doing the groundwork to organize it you know, and to really uh, help people become aware of what's going on, become aware of the issues and to figure out how and what is the best strategy to do it. And the has talked about the complications that we have with whether or not we support protests or whether or not we don't, whether or not these people are affected by it or change or whether or not they don't give a
0: damn.
4: And I think this is where we, I like to frame these things and from a historical lens and take the concept apply today. I talk about this in my article on Adrian, Adrian Um It's called Internal Front versus External Front and why they're both needed. The internal front is when we do the work of economic development that Hollis was talking about, that we talk about building our own political, block, political campaign, educating ourselves, making sure that we are – Doing some sustainable pieces, build ourselves up as a people. That internal front is needed. It corroborates the way. But the male was saying is that it's 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 an effort of educating our people, bringing the historical piece to it, defining our current reality, and being able to be um, move on some level of unanimity. I mean unity, no, but unanimity. But the that's external that's front that's cannot that's be. True, true, true cannot be denied. It can't. It's something that we have to do. And I think it's, it's talking about the campaign. It's talking about how we mobilize people after incidents like this. And it's talking about being able to uh, confront systems of power and be able to strategically hurt them in such a way, put pressure on them in a way, and make a broader awareness of the system. And we have to push for social formation. I think where we fall in our own calamity is that we, we, we try to side on one side of the coin versus the other. And we try to say, well, we need to be pushed more on this side versus more on that side. And history is 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 gives us ample opportunities and ample lessons to realize that there has never been an external front without an internal front. And there's never been an internal front without an external front. They need both of each other. OK, and that's the only way vitality and synchronization goes and moves for a progressive movement p- towards people. But at different crossroads, they've conflicted. And when we end up siding and moving more uh, polarized or more external, front, sitting in and challenging the system um, and, and, and boycotting and stuff like that, to where or even concessions and sitting down at a council meetings trying to negotiate, renegotiate, have more meetings, we end up losing on that battle because we don't do that internal peace. Right. But some of right. us yeah. yes. Brother Adrian? Yes. To, yes, sir. Um so some of us Brother Adrian. Some Yes, sir.
2: Oh yeah, went ahead. go ahead I hear you Okay.
4: Now. okay. Some of us you know, we might not have it, the gumption. We might not have the fortitude. We might not have the know-how or the skills or the expertise to do the external front. So we like to focus on the internal front, you know, and just say, no, we need to, you know, build ourselves up as a people. And that's perfect because we've seen numerous efforts where we need to do that piece, the black arts movement, yeah. even the black psychologist uh, movement. If you want to talk about the internal I'm development that the I'm Panthers was doing, oh, yeah. from the 69, that completely define how health is established in our community how aid and support is given to children before they go to school. Those particular efforts were internal developments that have to be discussed and figured out how we incorporate and institute those things to continue to build larger efforts of uh, self-momentum, self-structuralization, and then the ability to be able to talk economics and politics. So you can't do that without confronting
0: the
2: system.
4: So I think – when we look at and we use that that framework to view what's going on now, we have to look at, the, you know, these young people on the line, the older organizations revitalizing and such, and then we have uh, the uh, former leadership that's really supporting the family. Those are all fronts that are needed, and we can't look at that as if one is better than the other, other one should be shunned, or their idea is just kind of like, oh, you know, they're not, not going to take us serious. They're both needed. They're all needed. All of those different efforts and initiatives are part of the same coin. Has to be flipped continuously and reexamined, so that way we're moving on one accord.
2: Yeah, no, that's real, brother. Uh, that's brother Hollis, what do you uh, you got? Some insight, brother. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I I don't know, man. Because you know, I I I love. Uh, I have such a love for Black, but really difficult for me to to in any way criticize. You know what the protesters is doing because it all comes from uh, uh, it very much comes from a place of love, right? But I, I do believe that sometimes we have we have very limited uh, resources, right? E- even a multi-billion-dollar corporation, they've got limited resources, and I think we have limited bandwidth in terms of what we are capable of doing. And so I think a lot of times when, when things like this happen. Uh, as ugly and as unfortunate they, as they are, because I, I fear for my son and a father, you know, and, and friends, um, and, you, know, you know, I just feel like maybe sometimes we move so quickly uh, to that particular piece and the internal part of it, the internal discussion, um, it kind of, it, it kind of lapses. And then I think because we are so externally facing some of the issues you talked about in terms of us, criticize our you know of us criticizing each other on Facebook or the discussions we're having on Facebook or how we address it on facebook because we we have not we have we so often look to what the civil rights movement did uh for inspiration I think we don't necessarily in retrench and say in well, and say well, how do we pull back and how are we going to address this long term because you know, there's going to be another incident that happens like this, whether we like it or not. It may not be just cold-blooded murder. Somebody may become disabled, or or, or a child that uh, just you know looks at a police officer funny may end up um, uh, in detention center in their whole life ruined. You know, these things are going to happen, and there's no and while we focus on this, right? Uh, right. On the north side, on the north side, how many city council members do we have that are African American? If we look in Brooklyn Park, how many city council members do we have that are African American? And, and even if African Americans were not interested in running for those positions, even though I know we are, how much money do we have as a community that we are investing in terms of making sure that politicians are there that can put pressure on the mayor when when it comes time to renegotiate with, to negotiate with the police union, right? Um, or to put pressure on the governor when they have to negotiate some of these things that happen at at the municipal level, right? So, you know, it's difficult for me to, like I said, to criticize because people are doing it from a place of love, but we have to really start moving our resources to say, well, we, whether we like it or not, whether we're comfortable with it or not, we have to become much more of the system than we have ever been because right now we're outsiders looking in and we have to make sure that down the road we're insiders so that if we see some police officer that comes and maybe they just do something small they look at somebody small they call somebody a nigger and we say, got to go, and it's done because we have the pieces in place to do it, we have to start turning towards doing that. So I kind of I like what, you know, what Mel was saying about, you know, uh, economically affecting people. Um, you know, I like what Adrian was saying in terms of you need both sides of the coin, but I really believe that that internal piece, it's nothing that we have right. neglected because we have faced outwards um, in terms of fixing our problems. we face faced outwards far too long instead of, you know, doing the work of just saying, at the end of the day, it's about building up the community to the point where people cannot come in and do anything because we have resources in multiple clubs. So
2: people
0: can right.
3: wait for the You know, right I, now, I
2: wanted to add this, no. too, because what I found out was some, some interesting information is that in, in, the, state of, uh, in the state of Minnesota, this is one of the few states in the in all fifty states that have never had an officer convicted of murder of a black man or woman or child. So that's something to think about. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of our people. We want charges, but I'm I'm past the point where I don't even charges is no longer good enough. Because I'm like, well, even if they charge him, right? Even if they charge him, who is his? Who, who's going to be his peers? And uh, this, you know, what, what's amazing to me about black people—we are always shocked anytime we see some form of racism in this country. I don't know how, because we get enough examples monthly, weekly, daily of racism, right? But somehow, some way, we turn on these blinders, we, we start being shocked. And, and to me, I'm seeing—and brother Mel, you can attest to this. Brother Adrian, brother Hollis, y'all can attest to this—in some of these. Uh, local social media groups, uh, some of these other private uh, private social clubs that they have around the Twin Cities, especially in North Minneapolis, the peers of those cops will be more than likely to not convict those cops, even if they had video evidence of them shooting the brother in cold blood, just like how we had the evidence of the police uh, in L.A. beating the hell out of Rodney King and they still got off. Man, you know, taking these folks to court nowadays. You know that that's not even justice for the family. So what can we do? And, and, and I and I pose this to all three of you. What can we do really to to get? Cause, cause Brother Hollis, you 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 punch something that's really true. This is gonna happen again. And last year, correct me if I'm wrong, brothers, didn't they shut down one of the highways last year?
0: Yes.
4: Earlier this year.
2: Okay. Yeah. And it was Black Lives Matters and a whole a host of other people and they protested big last year too. And now we're back here this year. So are we going to do another ho- uh, uh, a highway shutdown? And, I'm, and here's the thing. I am not knocking Black Lives Matter. I want people to, to to listen to what I'm saying because that's only one part of it. You know, it's like a relay race. Everybody runs a leg. They can only run their leg. When they pass their baton off, once everything die down, then what's going to be next? So, you know, my question to you, brothers, is what can we do to make sure – not only this situation, but even further situations, what should our response be to this? these kind of shootings?
4: And in, uh, it's in, a good question. It's a phenomenal question. I think between Brother Paul and Brother Mel, and even idea if you just put on the. Thank you solution one thing i do know is that it's not going to come by one effort it's not going to come by one particular cause or one particular um, strategy it's going to come from multiple angles i mean it's definitely us i mean if you look at us occupying positions within the system to be able to make sure that there's some empathetic and experiential voices that come from our community us running for a uh, uh, different councils or uh police chief or something like that, that might be a possibility. It's it very, it's not a coincidence that in, 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 it's in certain cities and it's not but smaller rural communities in certain parts of uh, the central and or Northern areas, when people who geographically dominate an area have more people in positions, these incidents don't happen too often. And I'm not saying they don't happen, but they don't happen too often. So there may be some truth to that, but it's not just one particular angle. There, m- I remember one of my, one of my brothers um, earlier this year in one of the sessions we was having. Brothers Bill, he was saying, "Man, we need to build our economic empire to be able to create our own uh, military force and our own police faction." And I, I, as far as theoretically as that idea is, it's some serious. Piece to explore that. I wouldn't know what that looked like, but what if, you know, black folks moved into a direct direction where we developed our own economic structure to be able to support our own policing in various communities that we have? I think that's phenomenal, but I don't know. It would have to come from. Definitely exploring strategies that look at what do we need to do amongst ourselves as a people, and it also have to come from strategies on what do we do need to do to put pressure you know whether it's rooted in the economic piece um to be able to uh create some uh formational change on on a systemic level. This beast that we're dealing with is ideological; it is the supreme doctrine of how legislation and policy is conducted all the way down to how people are elected and put into position on the local le- le- level. So what we're dealing with is not something that we can slay and permanently get rid of. I mean, my boy uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, you know, in his uh, book Between Two Worlds, he, he echoed what Derek Bell said. People think that this brother came up with it. But no, Derek Bell said this too, that white supremacy in its institutional form and white supremacy as a whole is a fabric is an ideological formation that permeates the the cognitive thinking and the political and the economic social structure of this country is not going anywhere it's permanent it's part of the fabric of how the 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 flag was developed It's, it's it's ingrained into this thing now I'm not that meek I'm not that defeated I think it could be structured but I, I like how they're highlighting the fact that this thing is so entrenched into how America completely structured its everyday social orders, its relationships uh, that people have with other folks and how it constructs what people have access to and don't have access to. It's one of those that will take some serious on-the-ground piece, local grassroots network development plus um, some uh, internal development plus. Some social formations where people have to be put in positions in power. So, to answer your question directly, it's going to take do- all three rings to be able to topple this things.
2: Oh, right, that's what's up, and Brother Hollis, what do you think?
3: Uh, <clears throat> I think you touched on a lot of good things. I think, um, I don't know. I, one thing that encouraged me. So, few, one thing that encouraged me, I guess, is I remember meeting with Mel. We went to uh, it was either or boarding, and we sat down and. And I disagreed with him, and he disagreed with me. But at the end of the day, we left. Uh, I think with more respect than we had coming in. We we already had a decent amount of respect for one another. So the fact that three brothers can come in with different perspectives and and um, still try to work together, I think, is important. But but more more specifically, I guess, I think one thing that you you hit on that really got me, um, Thomas, is building institutions, right? So right. I, I'm not maybe. I'm not as sharp as Adrian to put it in different buckets of social. Yes, you is, brother. Yes, you
4: is. I've listened to you talk,
3: brother. Yes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say um, I think every community is different. So institutions and how we approach things um, is extremely critical. And so institutions come, you know, from ideas, right, but they also come from people culturally getting together and over a period of time deciding what values are most important to them and then, you know, entrenching and calcifying those values in in terms of and then creating an institution. So I think, you know, focusing on creating long term institutions that can support all of this work. I feel like, you know, what's going on in uh in uh, at the precinct, right? Uh four C precinct, I feel like look, what if we had an organization that said, um, we're quiet, people don't know about who we are, but we gotta $50,000 line item for this. And I know there's some money flowing in that direction, but what if people say, well, we don't have to worry about that. Or in terms of um, politics, right, we have a big middle class in, in – in, uh, not a big, but we have a decent middle class in Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul areas, the surrounding suburbs of black folks that are coming from Atlanta, Chicago, L.A., New York, Detroit, they come here for these corporate jobs. You tax to that, and maybe they're not going to always get their hands dirty but they will. They believe in working with some institutions and creating some institutions, hungry for that. So I think one of them is going to be creating our own institutions that we are very mindful of not allowing people to necessarily infiltrate. You know, my family looks a certain way um, because I made it look that way and my wife made it look that way. So I have a, a black wife. We have a baby, Due December 19th, right? and um, my daughter, my son, African-American. So we made a conscious decision that whatever wealth we create, that's going to stay in the community, and our children need to keep that in the community. And so I think when we create our institutions, instead of in the past allowing anybody in and um, kind of watering down those resources, we have to say this is our institution based on our values, and this is how, uh, and we're going to make sure that it's funded, financed, and run by us. So I think you know, I don't know what it looks like, but I know that we have to begin from us. And then run by us. And I think that's the main solution, you know.
2: Right. I brother that's Mel yeah. what, what Brother Mel, what do you think? Our brother yeah. Mel must got us on 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 uh oh, he yeah. was at a meeting and uh, was uh, stepping out so they might be talking in the meeting. And, you know what, you brothers make some great points because, to me, see, see what, I, what I'm seeing is man, I, I think here. that everybody's oh, – Brother Mel, you here?
3: Yeah, can you hear me?
2: Yeah, I can hear you, brother.
3: Okay, I'm out here for your you protest.
2: Go so, ahead, <laughs> so, brother.
0: I, I
3: like what, uh, what uh, Brother Allen said. Yeah, brother, I, I think – yeah, I second that. When we sat and talked, I think yeah, it was up to our respect for one another. And, um, you hey, know, man. as a, you got to see that. 'Cause you know, I'm sometimes people treat treat me like the raving mad man since, you know, everybody you know I'm the revolutionary run around so folks be telling me, you know, <laughs> keep me at the distance and sometimes but you know, it's all good. But one thing about it, most of the time when it comes to this organized and activism, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And so um and then I work with everybody. And as I point out to folks, um and you're right, uh, we have to come and get it. We don't have to agree. In this fight, we don't have to agree. All we have to agree that is that we want this police to go to jail. That's all we have to agree on. And so we've got some of You're you right, you called it out to everybody.
0: We've got some
3: of the foolishness going on. And the worst part about the foolishness is that other people get to see it. You know what I'm saying? we got some problems. we got to keep it in the house. You know, you got to play it off with other people around. But these cats got so serious. That you know, they let other people peep it, and it's like the folks who had issues with, you know, what was going to the police station. You know, I don't agree with it. Either. It wasn't the way I would have gone. You know me, I'm gonna go where the power structure is. At. That's what I'm gonna do. You so know, young people, I come, I'm over. They did some things I wouldn't have thought to do, which you know, kind of worked. But now we got to move on. And so, getting right. to your question about the long term thing, you know, my solution is gonna change the system. But we can begin to build independent parties and independent bodies rather, like. Uh, I was talking to people about this idea. Since they keep killing so many of us, uh, in the midst of domestic uh disputes, in the midst of like when you have you know, when somebody's having a mental uh problem, you know what happens. They you know, a lot of people get killed in those situations. I'm saying that the community can come together and create their own community response. Team. They can call a brother like Thomas, you know, you go in somebody's house, okay sister you sit here, brother we sit you sit there, we'll work it out. You see what I'm saying? You're part of the community. So that's one right. solid thing. Also, if somebody's having a mental health problem, we can have folks come in a regular car, whatever they need to, come with an expert or two, handle them with care, get them the help they need, get them to the hospital, whatever. rather than, more often than not, they get shot or beat up. I mean, that's just right. insane. you got a mental health problem, and you wind up dead? Right. You know, because the cops, create, see, the cops really, see, this shows you the insanity of the police thing. They, they don't try to stop to see what your condition is. Their whole thing is obey. Now, I try to help people understand this. That that's what their whole thing is. At the end of the day, it's about obey, because they represent the system, and their job is to make you obey. You crazy? will not care, obey. You know what I'm saying? Something wrong right. with you? Obey. You drunk and out of your Obey. If you don't obey, they're going to hit you with this stick. That's not we're going to shoot you. see what I'm saying? And so yeah. we've got to create structures. This is give us an opportunity to tr- create our own community response team. I don't want to say, use that word policing. We've got to talk about guardian. Because in a new society, we won't need police. We'll need, like, guardians and that kind of thing to intervene. You know, we'll have to jail some people. We'll steal, it, no doubt. But we won't have to the attitude that we do
2: now. Right. No, you know, definitely. You know, let me ask this question because, this is something that, the questions that I, I, I'm getting from us, and, and, and these are the things that I I, I want to point out, you know, to my listeners out there. These are some of the, as an African-American man, as a black man, a proud black man, um, th- these are some of my frustrations that I hear from my people, but I, I'm going to pose this question to you brothers after I, I get some of these statements. Why are we talking about Black Lives Matter now when white folks are doing the killing? How come we don't talk about it when it's black home black crime? Where were you at when these brothers was gunning up this these people over on XYZ House?
1: Or why were you doing, you know, where
2: were you guys at? And to me, brothers, you know, it is my sentiment on, on those statements, and I and I want to see where you guys are at with it. My sentiment is anytime I see people saying that no one is speaking out, and I know all three of you brothers and myself have been somewhere trying to uh, help, you know, cut back on the violence in the street. We've actually got out there. We ain't talking about it. We've gotten out of there. Right. Uh, the people that's always saying that no one is talking about it, to me, are the ones who are not talking about it. It's almost like they're outing themselves, if you will. And when yeah. you guys hear this, do you, do y'all feel like do y'all feel like how I feel like that's part of the, those are symptoms of the problems. It, it, it's the problems of. No, no, no. We're out here talking. You just don't pay attention to it yourself. Uh, right. The protesting, uh, the people right. rallying, uh, people who are uh, who are having visuals, people who are having meetings and, and, and organizing, you're not paying inti- paying attention to that until your local WCCO tell you to or to, uh, until CNN broadcast it. That's the problem. Is that how you brothers feel with that?
0: No, Brother
4: Thomas, no. I'm, uh, um, can I chime in real quick, Brother Mel and Brother Hollis, um, because I'm going to go ahead and jump off the phone real quick. I'm going to keep listening, but i got to jump off because I'm going to take my daughter over to the uh, rally just so she can experience it. Um, but it's a good piece. I never get upset when I see that, though, because... Um, I, I understand a broader frame of our people is that we're oppressed, and our condition of oppression has really affected cognitively, um, psychically, how we view ourselves, let alone view our space and our existence in this uh, American social formation. So the reality is that when we view these things, the only thing we're doing is projecting the ideas of internalized racism, internalized white supremacy,
0: and right, the conditions...
4: Right. The economic and the political structure and the disenfranchisement that we live upon has pushed us to this powerless position, has subjected us to this powerless uh, position that has forced us to have to, um, like Randall Robinson says, um, uh, transgress our anger and our, 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 our pain amongst ourselves. It's a conditional peace. We live in a formation that has a formation social formation that has repressed us because it's a continued existence of social control of the black body. So a lot of the
0: times we're not even
4: cognizant of how white supremacy, how capitalism, how um Fascist imperialism and global imperialism um, completely impedes upon our everyday existence from my denial of health care, from my inability to be able to get fair, equal job uh, opportunities, from my inability to be able to, be able to seek uh, uh, access to uh, educational pieces and health care. Those pieces in housing and businesses' opportunities, those p- pieces subject us to a condition that, Uh, has really projected our own um, understanding of these things as as if it's ourselves. So uh, based on our political disenfranchisement, our economic disadvantages, when we end up uh, inflicting trauma and pain amongst ourselves, the only thing that we can interpret is that we're doing it to ourselves. So because we can't draw the tangible connections to how white supremacy, capitalism, and patriarchy is really infusing these things and creating the conditions upon ourselves, the only thing we see is the next man is doing this to me. The next woman is doing this to me. So it's easier for us to say, well, yeah, you know – uh, Jamar Clark and, and all of these things Don't happen that often What I see in my community is black folks killing one another And we need to do something about that But, you know, it, it know that, that's, just, that's just Our interpretation and our, our framework Of how we really are trying to grapple With our pain and our trauma From the larger social conditions Of white supremacy and capitalism So I don't, I don't hate my people When I spew that The only thing I hear them saying Is that I grieve, I'm, I'm hurting And the only thing I can understand understand and my limited understanding with this is that I see my people killing my people because they don't we don't have the educational institutions like Brother Hollis was saying we don't have the institutionals that build on our values to educate ourselves on these broader things that's affecting our lives every single day so You know, we have to care for our people, and we have to really, it only just reminds me, it just sets another alarm clock. Man, we got to do more work to educate our people so they can draw the connection, so they can see the tangible line of how these things has been set in place for us to do this. And um, I'm going to jump off the phone. I'm looking forward to hearing y'all brothers continue to teach me and learn, and I'm I'm, I'm, going to be listening. So thank y'all so much for having me on. Thank you, Brother Thomas, for having me on, and I'm going to continue to listen. Peace.
2: All right, brother. Well, I'll be talking to you later on, man. Hey, y'all, be safe out there.
0: Yes, sir. Thanks, brother.
2: All right, brother. Thank you for calling. Coming on, peace. Yeah, brother Hollis, I'm gonna let you answer yeah. that, please, man.
3: It's uh, that's kind of a hard answer to follow, man. But um, it's pretty good. <laughs> but I, I would say what you know when I hear people say that, I guess my answer is um, you know, you got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. So. You know every culture. uh, You know when you get a lot of people together and they live with each, uh, live amongst each other, um, they're gonna do things to each other. You know if you move out to uh, if you move out to Minnetonka, you know you're gonna see the police show up at someone's house for a domestic dispute. People get beat up. Kids run around killing cats or doing drugs, right? So they they you know people do stuff to the people that live closest to them. So I guess my response to folks would be, what would be um, yeah, we do what everybody else does. It may look a little different when we do it to one another, but the reality of the situation is your greater society isn't really valuing uh, my life. You don't, you don't see me as your next-door neighbor. You don't see my son like you see your son. Um, so you're a lot more apt to just kill them in cold blood uh, or um, take a sudden movement from them as a... Uh, intent to harm you when maybe they're just nervous or scared and then you shoot, you know, you respond however you respond. So my response would be, you know, you're, if you have a larger culture doing something to my community, I'm going to have that internal discussion with black folks. That's an internal discussion. That's not for you. Not, that's not something that I'm never going to have with you. I don't even have an interest in discussing that with you, right? That's like me talking to my wife and I have an issue and I run to you. What what the hell do I look like doing that? That's between me and my wife, right? So right. I'm not going to run to some greater society and say, these are the things I'm grappling with. I want you to know that we're talking about it. That just doesn't make any sense. It's counterproductive. I mean, it's counterintuitive. And I'll be honest, when I hear African-Americans say it, I just feel like you're missing the larger point here. But also when I hear a larger society say it, I feel like, well, it's a situation where they just don't want to deal with the reality of what's going on, so they're flipping the blame back on the victim, right? And I really don't see African-Americans as victims, but they're blaming it on the person who in that situation has been taken advantage of. So that would be my response is, hey, it's an internal thing. You're not really invited to the party anyways. Just like when something happens in your community, in Minnetonka or Plymouth or Eden Prairie or wherever you live, you're not really running to the African-American community and saying, hey, we got this issue over here. I just want you all to know we're working on it so that you don't criticize us, right? No, that's not how it works. So I'm going to have the internal, and then when I need to do the external thing, I'm going to do the external thing because it's you messing up there. It's you creating the problem there. So I'm going to tell you that you're creating the problem, and I'm going to say, hey, you need to back off. And over time, I'm going to say there's certain repercussions if you do not back off, right? And that uh, that might be economic. That might be social. That might be certain people get voted out of office. They may lose power. But whatever the situation is, that's an external right. thing you come in my community and you occupy. Like, if you look at the pictures of the Fourth precinct, right? That's right. on the north side, man. All the people standing in front of that police uh, police station look like they come from Wisconsin, even. They don't even look like they're from, like, uh, Minneapolis kids. They are like kids. They look like they're from Wisconsin or some rural area or some suburb that they ain't never dealt with African Americans. So... It's basically a force coming in and occupying, acting crazy, right? Right. And black folks just can't stop. So, you know, there's repercussions to that over time. I think we're figuring that out. But I don't have to really respond to somebody when something happens in my community and we're working that out. We're figuring that out just like every other ethnicity that came to America is figuring it out. They came over here free. We wasn't over here free. We was freed in 1860. We're figuring it out. We'll figure it out eventually, and watch out when we figure it out. Then you have a serious problem, right? So that's more. Right.
2: Assumption. Oh no, and you know what? And I and I love your response, brother, because to me that's that that's my my that's my thing. See, you know, when you really know how it how things go, first thing you should know is you don't argue in front of mixed company. I'm gonna say that right. again. You don't argue in front of mixed company. When we got our issues, we got our issues. I said, but I'm, I'm seeing these posts of people. I'm so shocked of all these racist <laughs> comments on social media. You in these North Talk, North Vent groups, you put oh, yourself man. there. You know these white folks is racist. They in there talking to you like you ain't got no common sense. These are going to oh. be the people that are sitting on the jury. I just want to let you know. If you don't know, now you know. Right. They already have this thought. Now, now let me say this again. We ain't, we ain't saying this is all white people, right? We ain't saying that, but we do know that it's a large portion of white people who send to sin on grand juries, who tend to wield a lot of power, who tend to have these these thoughts. Why now, all of a sudden, are we acting shocked? Oh, we're acting shocked because we thought last year when Black Lives Matters came in and held up uh, the Highway Thirty Five, and they were protesting. We thought that was the end of it. I'm sorry, did Brother Terrence Franklin get justice? Did somebody get charged and convicted in that brother's murder? No, they did not. So to me, I'm shocked by us being shocked uh, on the police shooting and killing one of us. That's the first thing. The second thing I'm shocked by is I'm shocked that we're shocked any time that we hear racist comments. Uh, you go look on the WCCO uh, any anything re- re- uh, regarding this story, of this young brother being gunned down, and Martin look at the comments from white folks and what they're saying. Look at the comments; it's disgusting. And I love Brother Reg Chapman. Just had a, uh, they, they just interviewed me a, a couple of weeks ago about violence. You know, we had a great conversation. I love Reg. They mace Reg too. Mm-hmm. Reg is in the yeah. media. The police, they they, they uh, mace Reg too. But like Brother Mel said, their only goal is to get us to obey. And when we're not obeying, when we're not listening to what they want us to do, they almost act as if they're paying our salaries and we're not paying theirs. And all of this right. will stop, Brother Hollis, once we start supporting brothers like yourself um, and other brothers and sisters who are out doing, uh, doing work for the people, getting behind them, and we start holding these folks accountable. No, Betsy Hodges, I don't care if you're married to a black man. What the hell did that got to do with the price of tea in China? You're the mayor. You're down with the cost. Why is it taking you three, four, five days? It's gonna, man, brother, by the time she give a proper response, trust right. me, People are going to move on to something else. Last week, we were just, think about it. Last week, last, wait, 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 not last Saturday, because the the murder happened on Saturday. But before, the week Mm -hmm. prior to that, we were talking about Missouri. Going into Saturday, we were talking about France. Now we're talking about this. Something else will happen between now and next Thursday where we'll be talking about something else. And this is this is mm-hmm. something that these politicians—they know—they they've studied this. They studied us. They study. They know we're emotional people. They know as long as our emotions are high, we're li- we're liable to tear up some shit. We are. And, and yo, we we hey, when you when you're feeling the way we feel and you are treated the way we treat it, hey, you know what? People say it's not logical, but man, when you're thinking with your emotions, you don't do too much with logic, right? So they they right. know that. But their thing is, we're just gonna wait it out. As long as they wait us out, brother, this is what they, they go, they're going to wait us out. And then we're going to come, next year this time, we'll be back acting shock. Oh, I can't believe they think this way about us. I can't believe that somebody would actually just shoot us. And then hey. you're going to have, you still have, Brother Hollis, those folks who will say, well, why are we complaining about when the police do it? What about the black on black crime? Look, black folks. <laughs> get off your ass and do something on both right. sides of the fence. That's just what it boils down to, brother. Am I wrong for thinking that way?
3: No, that's right. That's right. You know, you got to, I feel like whatever you do, I mean, whatever side you pick or if you can do both at the same time, you're, you, you're going to have to contribute and sacrifice a little bit of something. But, you know, if not for yourself, if you're comfortable with yourself, I don't care how much money you make, right? I, I can make 150 a year, 200 a year and, and, and feel like I'm, set for retirement. And then, uh, my son runs a stop sign. He pulled him out, beat the hell out of him. He's crippled. Well, my my right. quality doesn't mean anything to me at that point. It doesn't mean a right. damn thing to me. You know, all the money, I can't do nothing with that money. Uh, cause I'm sitting up here worried about my son. So I, I, I just feel like we really need to, to contribute in, in whatever way we can. and, and, and I also feel like you know maybe we need a, a little bit different model of leadership, and, and brother man, I don't want to I don't want to uh, take all the time talking, but but I feel like we need a little bit different model of leadership because I feel like I, I see all them um, uh, I see all the sisters out there marching and, uh, and, and, and brothers out there marching, and I see some some youths out there um, at, at the precinct, and I always think to myself, I say, man, you know, all these young people out here with all this energy, man. And if the police decide to cut them down uh, or, or give them a record, they're, they're finished, you know. And there needs to be a, a method of leadership where we learn to protect our own, and we don't have to put them on the front lines like that all the time to feel like we're doing something. What that looks like, you know, I think it's more getting more involved politically and building some institutions. And I don't have all the answers, but I think, you know, this whole thing of we're going to be brave, we're going to go out there, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, it has its place, but tactically, it shouldn't be your main weapon because you have to you have the kids have to feel like they can be at home and they can be safe you know for me or maybe a little old school my wife has i feel i feel like my wife should be able to be at home and feel like okay, I'm gonna be safe, I don't have to be on the front lines for everything and I feel like we gotta kind of change our perspective of our you know of how leadership should work because at the end of the day you know. It isn't, you, you're here for your family. The family is the most important thing. You've got to find a way um, to protect them while who still contribute.
2: Right. No, I, I agree. And you know what, and, and Brother Mel had dropped off, so it was just me and you, you're not taking up the time. Okay. I, I wanted okay. to point out, I, I just wanted to point out, Brother, because we, we always had these conversations about these tragedies. And, you know, these tragedies, it yeah. seemed like they're too frequent. Uh, I was talking to my uh, kindergarten class. Just talking to these five years old, five year olds, and trust me, when 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 I hear people talk about African American children and 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 talk about uh, they're the problem, no, they are not the problem. If you talk to them and listen Mm -hmm. to them, they have a lot of great insight. They're worried about a lot of things that a lot of adults are daydreaming and sleepwalking about. A few of my scholars told me they said, "Mr. Barry, I am scared. I am afraid." Why are you afraid? Well, I'm afraid because the police are supposed to protect or serve us. They're not supposed to be shooting us. One child said they killed that man in cold blood. These are his words, not mine. They killed him in cold blood. Laid him on the ground, shot him in the face. That's cold blood. Right. You don't, no one talks to our children. No one talks. They're afraid. What we're supposed to be doing. As the elders, as the shepherd of these young folk, is we're supposed to be making them safer. We're supposed to make the road easier for them. We can't make the road easier for them when we have moments like this, Brother Hollis. And I got brothers talking about, well, man, if we're arguing with each other, that just means we care. No, if you're arguing in front of mixed company, that just makes you stupid.
0: Right, right.
2: I just want right. to keep it 100, and I'm not calling nobody out. And, hey, I'll stand by anything I say. We don't need to be arguing with each other in front of nobody at this time. This is why we need to close ranks. We should be right. organizing more, and then we can give a better response once we've organized with ourselves and said, hey, this is who can make this happen. Because cause trust me. The power is making something happen quick and quiet. That's where the power right. is. Oh, you did that? Watch right. this. And when you make it happen quick and quiet, oh, by the way, Mike Freeman, we need them charges. Were right. you able to say, we need them charges or else? Oh, no, 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 we're not playing. This is serious. Or else. What's the or no. else? Well, your ass ain't going to have no charge, brother. That's the or else. Betsy right. Hodges, we need them charges, or else. No, 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 We, we the Pointergate thing. See, I, I want to I remind some of my, my, my I'm not calling <laughs> people out. I said I wasn't. I'm not calling people out. But go back to your pictures when you were smiling and posing with Betsy. Where's right. Betsy at now? She in Miami. Well, she in Miami, how did she call y'all to the police station for a meeting? And the police jumped out in paramilitary gear on you. Better think twice. Right. Better think twice. You know, people taking police pictures with the chief of police. She your friend? Okay, cool. Well, why can't your friend help this uh, help this matter be cleared up? Because right. she the chief of the police. All her friends are down there, Supposed All her black friends are down there, supposedly. They are in front of the fourth precinct. All her friends, that's what they call her, friends. <laughs> and uh, she ain't stopped her employees, people that she's in charge of, from hopping out yeah. in paramilitary gear on the people for peacefully protesting, shooting folks with can- canisters and rubber bullets. Brother, she didn't yeah. stop none of that. So we got all yeah. these people who got all these supposed friends, right? Right. Yeah. You, you don't argue with your supposed friends. In front of the, the, uh, your, your own family, black folk, but right. you damn show sure cut down other black folk in front of your supposed friends,
3: who ain't helping, I, you, by the way. I agree. I, I mean, I agree. Uh, I mean, he kept it hundred right there, but I, I agree in terms of. I don't know how to put it. There's an analogy though, right? Like, like we we say, um, you can't really be friends with somebody if you're not their equal. That that's kind of how how I look at it. But if you're not in whatever realm you're in, you can't be their friend if you're equal. Similar to, you know, kid is under 18, they can't consent to sex with an adult. Why? Because you say, well, mentally they're not they're not there, man. They can't make that decision. And so I feel like all these people saying, well, we're friends with with the mayor, we're friends with with uh, the police chief. Well, can you sit at the table? And when she says. Uh, we're going left, can you say we're going right, and it's a, toy, it's a it's a coin toss in terms of what direction you go? Because that's equality, right? That's, a, that's 50-50, 50-50. Mm-hmm. But if you can't sit at the table and she says we're going left, you say we're going right, and then she says, okay, well, what what if we go a little bit left, left? And you say, well, no. And then you say, well, okay, let's go down the middle path. Okay. Well, y'all, y'all have the potential to be friends because she can't get over on you and you can't really get over her. But when you have a situation where that person knows that, that if one of her officers does something that is unjust, that she can wait it out, she knows whose side she's automatically going to take or has to take, and she knows whose society is going to back, and the odds of you winning are, uh, you know, hers are 90% and yours are 10%. Y'all can't really be friends, man. Because she can take advantage of you it's necessary. Mm. Generally, when you're playing at that level of power, uh, you know, when you're playing at a high level like that, history generally shows if it's to someone's advantage to take advantage of you, nine times out of ten they will because you're playing for high stakes. You're not mm. playing for just like a, a little piece of candy like when you were a kid. Now, you're playing for the whole kid in You're playing for someone who's basically saying, can I keep, do, do I allow the police force to keep this almost unbridled power that they have, or do I give a little piece of that up and start down a slippery slope? Because that's how they look at it. So if you don't, if, if, and it bothers me that a lot of people who I see them on Facebook, and I ain't going to call out no names either, man, but they say, they have these photos and they say, hey, we're good friends, and then they'll name drop somebody, and they'll, you know, they'll name drop the mayor, and they'll name drop the police chief or something. It, it bothers me that it's like they don't know that, hey, man, if... if you may have a good relationship with them, but if you can't call them and maybe get them to change their mind or if you can't extend that personal favor they grant to you, to your people as a whole, y'all probably ain't really friends like that because, you know, I have best friends and if I ask my best, I say, hey, man, I need you to do this for my wife or I need you to do this for this person I know or this is a good person over here, help them out, that's a friend. But if you can't do that, that's not really a friend, man. That's more of a business associate. You know, and, and that that's kind of how I view it. These people are doing business, but they're not necessarily doing business on behalf of the community. They're more so doing business for themselves, and maybe they think they're doing it on behalf of the community, or maybe some of them just know that they're doing it for themselves. But it's not necessarily benefiting the community. You know, and and that's that's kind of what I'm saying with what happened here, because we don't look right. any different in any other city right now.
2: And, and you know, what, and that and that's definitely true, and. You know, I I just want to give some updates because, you know, they have come out and given out the name of the cops uh, in the shooting. Uh, Officer uh, Mark Rigenberger and Officer Dustin Schwartz. And like Brother Adrian said, uh, you know, one of them was actually uh, sent out here from San Diego uh, based on the fact that he was involved in a chokehold incident. And the young brother who was shot was possibly, and we're going to find out, I'm going I'm to make sure that me and Adrian, my brother Jamar Clark had already had a previous lawsuit pending with the city.
0: Right.
2: Now this is right. something that, that, that a lot of people, you know, might know, might not know, but in, especially in Minneapolis what happens a lot is if you have a run-in with the police and you push back as far as complaining or you're uh, trying to uh, sue the city for harassment, Cop, right. they 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 know this they're profiling you any time they pull you over man you, they they green lighting they're green lighting, yeah. and trust me this and let me state it, state this again this is the only city, the only state that has not only city only state in all fifty states that have had incidents where black men have been shot by the police, and there has never been any convictions. Listen to right. what I'm saying. I ain't saying there's not been charges. We know charges have been brought up. But you cannot get a conviction here. And if you don't believe that this is statistics that white cops don't know, you are fooling yourself. People are asking, well, what was the young man doing? Let me clear it up. Him and his girlfriend did have a fight. You know, let's let us keep it real. We ain't got to lie about that. But last time I checked, Brother uh, Hollis Anything regarding domestic assault, any kind of physical assault, does not mean shot in the face. You don't get murdered for that. He was looking in the the window of the back of the paramedics, and the paramedic called the police. When the paramedic called the police because the brother was arguing with the paramedic, the police showed up. He wasn't beating on his girlfriend at the time when the police showed up. I just want people to understand that. And I, I don't even want to say you're beating on a girlfriend because every time you're fighting your girl these days, you know, hey, hey, some of these sisters are tough, man. You, you don't know who whooping on who. But at the end well, that's of the day, that's at the that's end my of the day, go ahead, yeah. brother.
3: No, I mean, that's, that's my thing is that it's not, you know, they're not, when, when police come uh, in Minnesota, right, generally, they're not looking at you, they're not looking at brothers and sisters as humans. So brother comes, you know, he was probably agitated, probably saw uh, his woman in the and we don't know what went on between the two of them, but he was probably getting of really grip, might have been trying to get back together with him, might have been angry, upset. But the rea- reality is if you see someone as a human and you have some decent conflict resolution skills, you're going to show up, you're going to immediately realize, hey, this guy, uh, there's some feelings involved here. Let's disengage this guy away. We know he's going to be a little upset, but let's move him away from the situation, not death, right? We're going to find a way to to de-escalate this situation somehow. And I know that the police are going to come out and say, well, we try to de-escalate and this and that, but we all know that if that would have happened in the suburb, they would have had a lot more patience in terms of de-escalating it. They would have de-escalated it, and he would have went home. Oh, definitely. if If charges were going to be brought, they would have been brought but it would have been de-escalated right. de- de- and he would have went home, right? So I think... But
2: you know, what the, you know what the irony is to me? This is the irony of the story. Statistically, amongst professionals, if you want to know any professional group that's known to whoop their wives, it's the police. The same people I mean, that are showing up for <laughs> domestic yeah. violence is at home whooping on their women. I just want to point that yeah. out there. So ladies, don't call 911. Call your brother. Call your uncle call your um, your cousins, call your neighbor, Whoever, whatever man you're friendly with, you might have a better chance, right, of effectively dealing with that than calling some other abuser. Shows up, he's mad because somebody's doing his job. I'm just keeping it real. Look, man, we, we got to yeah. be honest about these things. We got to call out in Vegas. Let's bring the call in. Hey, how you doing, sister? I'm doing,
5: man. I'm glad to hear you back on the radio.
2: Oh, yeah, we had to come back give for
5: this, that, man. There's it's, it's, yeah, a lot the of stuff good information. Uh, going on. Yeah, y'all in national news, and we definitely want to know what's going on. My question is, out here, of course, they showed the clip of the Black Lives Matter folks at the police department uh, being policed, and they were saying that some of the Black Lives Matter folks sprayed the cops with pepper spray. Has anything been said about that?
2: Brother Adrian is Mack that was true? on Earth.
5: Is that some propaganda? Brother, what is it?
2: That's propaganda. Brother Adrian Mack was down there. They they maced, they maced them. The police, this is what happened. Black Lives Matter was told that they were supposed to be going to the precinct to meet with the mayor of Minneapolis, Betsy uh Betsy Hodges, who was who's famous for the um uh, Gate. Was that what, what that's what it was, Hollis, when she was th- Putting their
0: yeah, yeah. Out it, in the picture, and they
2: said that she was affiliated with gangs. Well, all the black, the good black people, you you know those good wholesome black folks that everybody always talk about. I know. Those, those, I know. A few of them. Yeah, those good wholesome black folks that, that love Betsy that was taken up for her so much. They told Black Lives Matter to go meet with this good, clean, wholesome white woman because she got a black man. That means she's a good people. They told her to go. Told them to go huh. down there and meet with her. Right, but she wasn't there. The police was there in paramilitary military gear. Oh, she's in Miami. Oh, wow, she in Miami. So, she's in Miami. So, yeah, <laughs> she's in Miami. I don't know how she got Minneapolis mixed up with Miami because one is warm, one is cold. Right? There's no, it's a difference. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> so, so she set them up pretty much, right? So they they meet wow. with her, and and that's how most of that started. And the the video that I seen local news uh, was that the people they they call themselves the police. Removing all these people because they were blocking the entrance into the precinct. Ain't nobody going into that precinct. Well, it I looked saw, like a
5: dungeon. What I saw, Thomas, was 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 folks standing, you know, where the where the cop that that parking lot area where cop cars are parked. I didn't see the front. That wasn't what I saw. Wasn't the front of a precinct. It was, you know, where they usually don't want us at where they park their cars and. Going in and out of the uh, the
2: police station Oh no, that precinct there. is different. That precinct is different. Their oh, okay. parking lot is actually across the street from the precinct. That's where they keep the cars. Oh, okay. uh, so, yep. Cuz See, look, these these are some bold white folks here. They ain't worried about nobody doing under them. Trust me, they ain't worried about nobody whatsoever. This is all about they their, they they brought in these cops were young cops, young cops. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the one has been on the force. Uh, 13 months. That was the longest, the longest time for the uh, uh, one of them, and they were nervous. And I can almost believe it. I, I don't want to. See, I'm not trying to give an excuse, but I know what they're gonna say. The, the, if it ever make it to court, this is gonna be the defense. I was going for my taser, and I shot him with my gun. Because we've heard that one before, right? Yeah, oh, I yeah. heard one account. Where they it's, said been it's been working. It's been very car.
5: successful thus far, Thomas, also. You know, but I agree with you guys. We have to move from the tragedy to the strategy. And that's, that's what I'm interested in hearing. That's what I'm interested in hearing you guys mm-hmm. uh, really help the people get to. We do have to move beyond the rhetoric and move to the solution.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. We know the
5: problem, right?
2: Right. Well, you know, sister, I, I'm going to be honest with you. We we can definitely get to that, uh, and, and I'm trying, I, I've been trying, I, I've been telling my brothers and sisters here locally for the past two years that we need to have a town hall meeting, discussion uh, with black folks only to discuss our issues. We need to put the problems that the so-called activists and so-called community leaders have against each other to the side. Sister, mm-hmm. You want to know why people like myself and probably Brother Hollis is not out there is that we're both disgusted at what we're seeing. These people are taking right. his young brother's death, and they are yeah. fighting with each other openly, whether it's on the radio or whether it's social media. They are even doing it down there at the police precinct the first night that it happened. Right. We're, we're fighting it looked
5: with looked each good. Other. It, it looked rough. I, I will have – you know, I have to admit – you know, when I talked to Rodney about have you seen what's going on down there in Thomas's neck of the woods, I told him it was a different optic. And, you know, we do, it is time for us to, you're right, focus on what we do have in common and, and leave to the side for now what we don't have in common because what we all have in common is that our black children don't feel safe. You're exactly right. From the babies in kindergarten, and we saw last week in which all news story what was going what's been going on for two weeks at across at our at our at our uh colleges historically right. black and otherwise our black kids are saying they are down here trying to kill us. we are under right. constant threat, so you're right we have to move beyond you know we got to move beyond this. I don't like you know that you wear purple shoes thomas. And you might not like right. that I have green hair, but look, we all love our kids and we all want them to grow up. And we do need to have a closed door conversation with one another so that we can begin to move, like I said, beyond the beyond the the, the tragedy and, and get to the strategy.
2: What we gonna do man. about it? Yes. Yeah. And, and you yeah, know, and I mean, that and that's the main thing. And see, brother, like see, brother Hollis here that's on the phone. Hollis has you, a lot of Hollis. good ideas.
0: I'm glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, yeah.
2: brother Hollis. Got some a lot of good ideas. He's he's a business mind. Uh, I think our people need to sit down, talk to brothers like brother Hollis. Uh, another brother is for Brown. They need to talk to brothers like that and actually put stuff together. For Rome has a great youth program, uh, Voice of the Youth. He also is doing his other uh, his UIC program. We got Brother Hollis, who's there, trying to uh, move up the ranks of the DFL party. He ain't milk toast, brother. Is serious about our folks. We need people like that. We need to be supporting people like that. And then what we need to start doing is we need to start saying, okay, look, I ain't got no. Even if Black Lives Matter is here, the, Sister Angela, I'm gonna tell you some of the, the crazy arguments that I've seen. It is, it is it's almost absurd. Some of us are upset that some of the people who are here protesting is not from Minneapolis. Now, I'm going to tell you why that's absurd. Same argument we why. had when
5: they were down in Ferguson trying to bring a, bring about change. They're not from mm-hmm. here. They're not even a part of this community. But they come but you know in to sweaty? help.
2: But you know what's funny? A lot of those same people what? that's complaining wasn't complaining when it was people from Minneapolis going down to Ferguson. Right. right. Mm-hmm. See,
0: it's going to be ahead.
2: Yeah, see, see, because remember that's where everybody starts That's where everybody fell in love with Black Lives Matter,
0: right? right. So, yeah.
2: so, so, so we got all these chapters, but we're complaining. It's like, well, hold on a second, and then we go down and do the same thing. Well, black folks across <laughs> the country, when, when 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 brother got killed in New York, we all felt it. Brother get killed in Missouri, we mm-hmm. all feel it. So we shouldn't even right. be complaining, saying, "Well, brother, why why would we complain about unity?" Why are we complaining about unity? Oh, they ain't from here. That You know what? That's the reason. That's how you mobilize the people that's from here to get up off their couches and to go out here. We got people from out of town that's standing up for us. What are you going to do? You live here.
3: Right. You know, I, I agree with that, man. I would say um, also, you know, it's the whole we, we, we fall in love with the sexiness of of, of you know, being in front of the media I think sometimes and I'm not talking about everybody, I'm not casting this on everybody, but it also makes you feel good when you jump out and you and you do something for that moment, you know? But and that's not to say that a lot of folks with Black Lives Matter and NAACP aren't doing something day in and day out because I know some of those folks and and, and they are. They're doing it on a regular basis. But so I think as a people we have to we have to come to this understanding that we gotta grind out and work towards building some serious institutions Day in and day out, when it's not sexy. So when yeah. it comes time to vote, you know we got to make sure we get everybody out and vote. When we have candidates, we got to be able to make sure we we get money behind those and we get boots on the ground to help them get out the vote. <laughs> you know, push. You are. You are exactly right.
5: And you know, you bringing up the the vote, brother. That's a that's this is exactly what we need to be paying attention to. The you know it's almost like this. we only pay attention when it's time to put a president in in the White House, but honestly, the stuff that we catch in hell about right now is state and local stuff
3: mm-hmm. right because we're no, not putting where, the right
5: people in the seat.
3: That's where the action is I'm right just... you have you have a president who you know people disagree with him, but I kind of say, well I know the reality of the situation, him being a president with um uh, Supreme Court, House and Senate against him, he can only do so much. But the reality is a lot of these local decisions. So basically, the way, you know, people who negotiate with the police union, right, that ain't the president, right? Right? That's going to be right. local people. When they decide how much are we going to finance the police, that ain't the president. That's the House, you know, that's House Senate, that's city council. You know, it all gets mixed up there in terms of how they're going to give them the money. That's local politics. You know, you know, and so when when ninety over
5: ninety, absolutely when over ninety percent of uh, prosecutory right. uh, folks are not people of color, those are are state and local decisions. We right. can do something about that.
3: And it's easier, so but we got to show the up impact there. You know, it's easier to have yeah. impact there than at the national level. But that's day yeah, in we, and day out grind, you know? But but you There's know what? I, I, I will there. say this,
2: though. The national, in my opinion, this is my opinion,
0: mm-hmm. I think the
2: National Democratic mm-hmm. Party had a winner with Howard Dean. I still think after Dean left, McAuliffe and now Schwartz dropped the ball. They don't know mm-hmm. how to run the party. The Republicans understand it's the midterm, the elections. Right. Democrats they focus on the primary with the presidential elections. You have to right. have a midterm strategy and you have to really have a 50 state strategy. That's not and and, right. I, and I, when I say this to people, people and think I'm trying to And that's how the Darrell Republicans Darrell. are
5: winning. They do have a 50 state strategy and 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 they're winning right now. You right and yeah. when the
2: Democrats last got their last got uh the the, the majority of the house or the senate It wasn't, and I'm going to say this again, it wasn't the Obama administration. It was Howard Dean's strategy. Howard Dean started, he started the promotion calling the the Republicans, it was a culture of corruption. And he kept pointing out all the corrupted uh, Republicans that kept getting busted. And then he said, well, we're going to put all 50 states in play. And he put 50 states in play. The Democrats, remember, when Obama, his first, uh, the first two years in, they had the majority of the House and the Senate. Howard Dean steps down. Terry McCullough ste- takes over. The next, uh, next midterm primaries, the Democrats start focusing on certain states. They didn't go all 50 states. They lost the House. Now they've lost the Senate. You have to put all 50 states in play. You really have to support the candidates that's talking about the stuff that the people want to hear. You can't be scared. So black folks, we'll show up to the polls. You just got to give us a reason to go to the polls, and we got to get candidates How out there that's this, going Thomas? to give us a reason. How
5: about this, Thomas? They're
2: mm-hmm. telling
5: us it's two parties, but really they're making decisions as one party, mm. as an internal mm. as an internal body of 535 and this is mm. just a marketing strategy. That's mm. what I'm looking at. Because when you step Ooh. back from a winning strategy, you're electing to lose, right?
2: Hey. So hey. I, you know, I'm
5: looking at this. I'm looking at this with new eyes these days. It looked like we on our side and they on their side. Mighty funny. Mm. It's more millionaires over there
3: than it I'd is be, over here. I would be careful with that because if you. I would say this. Um, they all that five thirty five and then um so if you take that at five thirty five they're all elite. If you look at there's a statistic out there that um and this ain't to put nobody down, but I think seventy five percent of Americans make less than thirty five thousand dollars a year. Right? Right. Less than thirty five thousand dollars a year. And so if you listen and you make thirty five thousand, they ain't put you down. Right? But that's to say right. what type of family and what type of uh, retirement and, and and expensive education? What right, type of neighborhood?
5: That, what type of everything.
3: What type of life does that afford you? Right. So right right. I would not. I don't know if there is. I don't necessarily know if they're in cahoots together. But I will say that the way the American economy is working, with Democratic leadership, with Republican leadership, whoever. Right. The way that it is working is that there is a, a great flattening of the incomes of of Americans in general. And so those who are able to get the education or maybe run faster than everybody else, they can have a certain lifestyle, but the majority of Americans, that income is flattening out. And nobody is really talking about how to bring certain jobs back here because ain't everybody a a corporate person. Ain't everybody a college person, right? But how do you bring back a certain standard of living and access to resources? That statistic goes across, that's cutting across race now, and you know, disproportionately African Americans are making Mm -hmm. less. Right? But seventy five percent of Americans are making less than thirty five K a year. So everybody is losing at a vast level. A handful of people are getting much wealthier across the globe and more so in the United States. But everybody else is kinda of getting left behind and they're being sold this dream that well if you work hard enough you can make money. Not necessarily, right? So I think it's all broke if you really want to get into it. it. Whether it's a conspiracy or not, I don't know, but I know that those who are comfortable are comfortable and they're not necessarily worried about changing, you know, what's going Insane. on, which is kind of why Absolutely. supporting Hillary, I'm really on the fence with that because I'm kind of saying I don't know if she's going to go against that trend.
2: Right. No, that, that that's real. And you know what, and, and, and I like exactly uh – I definitely like what I uh, what, uh, what I'm hearing uh, uh, from both of you. You know, the thing is this: when you and, and I want to say this again, man, it, it's it, it's something you you really have to pay attention to the politics on. You have to look at the mm-hmm. fact that, like she's saying, and and you know, sister Angela, you brought it up. I was just telling somebody this the other. My wife, we had this conversation. I said, man, it's almost like the Dems are trying to throw it. Like they don't want it. Like you have to sit. Like you have to sit and really think it. about some of the, the, the some of the focus, some of the candidates, some of the people, and then you say, "Man, why, why would you throw a strategy away when you were clearly cleaning these people's clock? They, the Republicans were dead. Listen, to what I'm telling ta- 2008, the Republicans were dead." The only thing, in my opinion, mm-hmm. if Dean would have stayed on through the 2010 election, I guarantee you, this is this is what I'm saying, and it's no knock against President Obama because hey, he, he can only do so much himself. But if he would have stayed on, Dean, I'm talking about Howard Dean, as the head of the Democratic Party, they would have never lost those midterms in 2010, and it would have been more pressure. And they would have had more votes to do exactly what the people needed. And I'm I'm almost certain, if you know uh, politics, you know is Rep. Alan uh, Grayson down inside of um, inside of Florida, white guy. Grayson was a millionaire, very outspoken uh, liberal, very outspoken liberal. In 2010, the DNC almost ignored Grayson, and he lost his seat. He had to spend his money in 2012. He hopped back on the presidential ticket, same district, in 2012 Mm. and won. It's a lot of stories of Democrats who could have won, who could have beat Michelle Bachman. You know how long it took us to get rid of Michelle Bachman-Hollis? That ain't (laughs) supposed to. There's good candidates. That they could have thrown out there. They could have put money behind candidates. They could have did all kinds of things and got rid of Bachman. It took too long to get rid of Bachman. Point is, mm-hmm. sister got a great point, but how does you make another great point? We start talking about people who are making money, right? <laughs> and, hey, you got a job that pays. Look, man, they want to keep the job that pays, too. Because oh. everybody, the politicians now, they're in the they don't want to take they're not the, the congressmen they want forty fifty year uh jobs at these positions, so they're gonna they're gonna vote on things that are safe and what the public has to do is we the public has to get educated and the one thing that I will say about our, our our public and it's not just African Americans who always get the blame for how politics work i don't know how we always get blamed for everything, and we're one of the minorities there's only thirteen percent of us if all Makes of sense. us we showed get blamed up the vote, for everything. Yeah. yeah, we can blame everything. So anytime Let's the Democrats we blame lose, it's our everything. fault. So yeah, when the Democrats yep. lose, it's our fault. When they win, well, we it, it wasn't because of us. So my, it was my because is, of the
5: Latino community. What are you talking right,
2: about? Right, it was the Latinos that got awarded, in, <laughs> or it was the gays, or something like that. Right. So we never get Somebody any of the credit else. anytime time we do show up. So, so one right. thing is, yep. if you think if you think about it, even during these politics, these these things. White folks ain't educated on politics either. They're not. They don't know when to vote, when not to vote. Oh no,
5: it's a, it's the sleeping of the middle class is across across all uh, all ethnicities. I think I think a lot of us are asleep at the wheel. Don't really understand. Uh, I I say we need to go back and take. Make it mandatory, like immigrants, they have to. it's mandatory for them to take history classes. It's mandatory for them to take civics classes to understand how our process works. I don't think it's a bad idea that we learn how this process works because some of us are confused or just misinformed or forgot, you know, forgot a lot of stuff. You don't really go, mm-hmm. think about it, you don't really go over the Constitution and um, talk about uh, Structures like colonialism and, and, and things of that nature, unless you're in college or, you know, last time real good talking to and sit down deep, deep reading on it it is high school. Right. Then you go on That's into true. your adult life and you're making decisions on, that are really popularity decisions. They're not based on a real uh, enriched understanding about our process and who you might be adding to. Or subtracting from that process. Hmm.
2: Hmm. You know, and, and while I'm here, I got you guys on the phone. I, I know I, I, I had advertised, to folks. I know somebody's going to be listening, to me like, "But you never said nothing about Missouri." I want—I want to say this about Missouri. I, I just want to say this. Right? We got—I think I got 15 minutes left. I want to say this. I, I know everybody keeps saying the Missouri football team. It was. Let me say it again. Thirty players on the football team. I know people say, why you keep saying 30 people? Because I don't want you to think it was the entire football team. And the reason why I don't want you thinking it was the entire football team, for this reason and this reason only, just like what we see here inside of the Twin Cities, where we have a large portion of us who are pro-protest and um, a lot of us who are not, like how you saw some of us arguing in front of uh, Mm -hmm. the police at the precinct the first night uh, the young brother was murdered. With each other, mm-hmm. calling each other poverty pimps, uh, we, we they had that on the football team. Mm. A large portion of the Missouri football team of African Americans did not protest. I don't think a lot of people know that, but it's very important mm. to know that. The reason why the protest was so big in the thirty players who did was because of the NC two A rule that you must have a mm-hmm. certain amount of players dressed, and they Thank weren't going to have before. those players dressed with the thirty. The 30 that held out, they held out. Now, we give the whole team props. Let's not do that. Let's keep our eye on the prize and this coach who retired. Keep this in mind. In 2010, a young African-American girl who was on the swim team was raped by some of the Missouri football players. The Missouri president who stepped down, him and a couple of other administrations forced this girl out, off the team, and then they forced her Mm -hmm. out of the school. She committed suicide in Boston a few years later, fighting with the Mm -hmm. trauma from the depression of the rape. The reason why you didn't know that was because the whole country was focused on Michael Sam. So I want people to understand that the Missouri Tigers football team aren't a bunch of saints. Matter of fact, I want to tell you that none of the top tier players decided to protest. That's very important to know, because we always have these stories where we we kind of uh, we, we kind of
0: lop everybody uh, in. over,
5: yeah,
2: yeah, and, and say everybody mm-hmm. did the right thing. But man, some brothers that was on that team was making a business decision for themselves. The million dollars Great. that they were going to lose, and then they want to lose some more money that was going to be harder on the university that's why the, the the president stepped down because it was a business decision brother Hollis knows it's about it it's an this.
5: economic issue he knows absolutely
2: you making it any time you messing with so he knew when you Yeah, any time you messing uh, with that
5: kind of money uh, when that program has more money than your medical program when when the sports right. program has more money than your medical program that's a journalism school but their sports team and that, that, right. that licensing that comes from that, right. that airtime they get brings more funding from alumni, from sponsors, from all sorts of entities that, we you know, some we know about, some we'll never, never know about. That journalism, you know, department was interesting too, Thomas, because it used to be journalism was about, you know, truth, telling let's, let's discover the truth let's honor it let's investigate it let's let's put it out there let's be independent from it
0: mm-hmm.
3: now
5: it's about
3: when you know was, uh, about the truth i just is that like colonial well, well, that,
5: that was back that's our prince that's a prin- that's the, <laughs> principle
0: of oh, the principles of journalism i mean they the, got the
5: same principle. Yes, pr- i'm you speaking from a principles perspective
0: <laughs> but okay. we've got
5: you know we've gotten so so into um Are outlets having a position of their own? You're right. Mm. Even the New York Times has had to suspend people and fire people recently for messed up journalism, not fact checking, not doing what they're supposed to do, telling the story how they wanted to tell it because of their own personal politics. So that, that is the era that we're in. And that's what I was going to allude to. Now we, the the journalism department we saw we all saw that lady there pushing that young uh student journalist out of there saying he had no right to be there because they wanted to control the narrative to what they wanted it to be
0: not what it actually was right
3: I, I, I mean I kind of I, I agree on a certain level but I also think you know in, in a country where it's all driven by money um even the media right Folks are going to take a different tack. I think may, they're going to take whatever line is going to put the most money in their pocket in terms of the media. So, Star Tribune takes kind of a, some some issues. They may take a little bit more conservative bend on economic issues, right? And and then if you go to Chicago, you got to start, you got the uh, Chicago Tribune versus the Sun Times. So, um, I think it's it's a lot of driven by uh, you know branding and they're trying to hit certain demographics to make certain money. So I think while journalism does enter into the equation some, uh, sometimes, I also think many times you know, paper has to make a buck. So if they run a certain story, uh interest story about how, you know, some uh, Thomas has three smart kids and they're doing this and they're doing that in school, but that do not make any money. But if they run right. some puff piece, right, people are going to buy into that. and so I, I, so I don't really expect Even from black media, you know, if you look on the Internet and Facebook and you see some of the the Chicago Defender, (laughs) who is this esteemed black publication, right, you see some of the stories there, and you're saying, is that that qualify as news for somebody as esteemed Chicago Defender? So I think people are trying to make a dime now. So you're not going to get the real story because it, it doesn't make dollars. It doesn't make dollars and cents in today's age. I think in the past maybe because the money wasn't quite as big. It was the only game in town. Right, the old school media was the only game in town. Publishing,
5: no, publishing has always created dynasties. There was never a lack of dollars, and there still is not a lack of dollars. No, that's what I'm saying.
3: There's a lot lot more competition today. So if you're talking about TV, they have to compete No, it isn't.
5: It's only six six entities that were every news outlet we know.
3: All of them, they own them. It's only six of them, the big six. uh, they're looking at it wrong. So there may be six that own six that own uh so you're looking at news the wrong way. If Thomas puts something on Facebook, they gotta compete against that. Right? So they don't own Facebook, right? That's
5: a part of it, it too. That's called citizen journalism because he's not a part of the big six
3: structure. I mean, I Everything can, so from from print to T V
5: to, to television,
3: television is owned by it's six companies. Really, so that's not really relevant to the competition, right? So that's what I'm trying to tell you. People may own, there may be these six, if I hypothetically agree with your argument, right? There may be these six big names. But then you had, if you have instant journalism, they still got to compete against that. There's still money that's being taken out of their pocket because Thomas is, somebody's tuning into Thomas now as opposed to tuning into them. So there's a whole lot right. more outlets out there and they have to come with a different sensational, sensational type of journalism than maybe even in the past. In the past, there was still sensational mudslinging, and all that stuff, right? right? But, you, but, but, but it's uh, a lot more but Hollis, competitive. But Hollis,
2: I, I've seen even with, like, sports, I've heard the old journalists and even some of the newer journalists complain about this new style of journalism where it's this, it's not about the story anymore. It's all about the writer, where the writers have pretty much mm-hmm. become uh, you know, and, and you—I've seen like you know They've the embedded themselves was to be in, like the st- in
5: the in. Yeah, they've embedded themselves in the story. They are now the story. Yeah,
0: because
2: they—they've they, had every news outlet,
5: uh, every platform, every yeah. thing mm. that we consume is owned by six entities: Bettleman, Disney, News Corp, uh, Time, Universal, Facebook, and Viacom. They own it all. They all that's under these people. Under they one of these entities. Facebook.
3: All of them. Facebook is. Not, yeah, no. yeah I, I I can't agree with that one, but okay. I mean, I, but I, I no, just don't agree no, with no.
2: that. But 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 but, but yeah. this is my point about. Here's my point about it all though, and we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about Missouri because cause I, I definitely mm-hmm. want to keep the focus on on Missouri and and, and the school in general. I here's my okay. thing. My thing is, and, and I and I said this before, and, and I'll say it again. I'm not against protests. I don't want anybody out there to believe say, "Oh, he don't like protests." My thing was when I saw the kids protesting and they were like talking about it. I'm like, "What the hell is the irony in this?" Just think about this for a second. We, it's our, it's our, it's our kids. Thirty of our kids can sit out and you, in this university, lose 30, uh, one million dollars. They play twelve mm-hmm. games a year. That wasn't even oh, yeah. a high level game. That wasn't even a big, I think they're in the Big 12 or the SEC, one or the other, but that wasn't even a big time game for them. A big time game would have gained anywhere between $3 to $5 million if they sat out a big time game. Right. The irony to me was we're protesting a school based off, we're saying, well, the football players ain't playing, but the same students that's on the campus protesting are still giving these people money. If we're going to make noise as African-Americans, and I I, I, I tell my son, his friends, uh, they're all seniors in high school. I said, look, man, you can go to whatever school you want to go to, but if you want to look at success, you should be going to an HBCU. I don't understand how we're, how we're saying we want change from these institutions. We want them to, to, to treat race issues different when at the same time we keep going. They feel like they don't need to change anything, Angela Hollis, because at the end of the day, they're going to get us to come.
5: They're, still getting, $8. That's yeah, right.
2: they're still getting their money anyway. You can't protest. You, how are you protesting somebody you paying? That don't make sense. I'm protesting you. Here's the check, Hollis. Here's your money, though.
3: I can't, I'm just I mad can't at you. I ain't going to talk to you. Okay. Right. I, can't, cool. I can't really poke a big hole You're still hole in buying your
5: that pre- license product. product. You're still yeah. paying that tuition. You're still buying those books. That's all
3: money
5: in the bag for so that institution. So, yes,
3: I understand what you're saying, Thomas. That's so a I great say thing. I Thomas, to what you're saying. I, it's difficult for me to, to poke holes when you come to private private institutions, private colleges, right? Um, you're right. Because you're right, you're paying them, right? You you are paying them, not getting any money from the state. I will say with state colleges, University, you know, university of Minnesota, um, University of Illinois, you know, all those type of universities where they're getting money, from black taxpayers, right? Right. Uh, and so they're get you know, black students have every right to expect a certain type of education at those schools. Now, I would say that a black kid should hypothetically be able to go to any private school and receive a certain type of education, right? I can't, right? But I can't fault your argument on the private schools. What I can say with those private with those universities where I'm paying taxes and you're paying taxes, my kid. Need to be should be able to go to that school with all the resources they have and all the connections, especially in a state like Minnesota where you have all these Fortune 500 companies and they have those connections, they should be able to go to those schools. Again, that goes back to that long-term fight of African-Americans if you're paying taxes. You right. need to have your representatives in place who say, look, black kids are going to go to those schools. If you treat them crazy, when you come up for a vote for funding, or when we put the next president in office, or if we get a chance to kick you out, we're going to hold you accountable. But we we have to be careful. I think we have to be careful with some of those arguments because we always got to remember, and and it also goes to our history. We've been so beat up and abused and oppressed. We're used to paying tax dollars, paying the police, and they come and kick our ass. And so then we think, then we don't make always make the connection of wait them minute, I'm paying them. What the hell is going on here? And I think the same thing applies to the school is. We're paying for those institutions, so our children need to be able to go there and receive a certain education unmolested, right? And we have to no, put, no, 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 you know, we got to put we got to put certain things in place where our kids know, hey, public university, they're not going to molest me. Now with the private institutions, I don't necessarily know what you do there, you know. But um, I do under, you know, I do say with the with the public ones, you know, we should have access to those.
2: No, no, you definitely. Know, we, and, no, we should be
3: able to encourage our kids to go there. You
2: know? Hey, here's my thing: you go to school where you can where you can get get there effectively and go, right? Because you need get the, the education to get for
5: free or darn near free, absolutely. Right.
2: So I'm with that. But what I my point is, if we can generate this kind of revenue at their universities and at their schools, isn't mm-hmm. it time mm-hmm. to start looking at these HBCUs where we just had a discussion about Grambling couldn't afford to wash the kids. Uniforms,
0: right? That's
2: something to think about. Wow. We're struggling; our own institutions are struggling. While we're chilling and, in the protest,
0: leaving, yeah.
2: The mm-hmm. irony of that is that we're protesting places where these folks really don't want us to be, and we got our own thing, where our kids are graduating at a higher clip. I, I tell my oldest son this all the time because your friend goes to a NC two A school doesn't mean that he's going to get a degree. Statistics are showing that 96% of black graduates come from HBCUs. Not saying that all of us who graduate from college graduate from HBCU, but the majority of college graduates graduate from HBCUs. We're sending, if our children are the, if we're the, the golden goose, there's no way possible that we should be having this conversation about where being in places where we're not wanted. And, I, and to me, Hollis, this goes back to our collective psyche. It's almost like where the where the where the circle uh, peg, right? And we're trying to force ourselves into that square uh, that square uh, hole. White folks ain't changing. I don't care how much rap they listen to. Don't listen to Jay Z. I don't care how much rap white folks <laughs>
0: are listening to.
2: I don't care. Look, man, listen, Betsy Hodges is ma is married to a black man. She trying to set y'all up. <laughs> listen to me. Y'all don't, it don't matter. How many black folks they sleeping with. I listen, we we better get it together. We need to get our house in order all across the board. We need to we, we need to come. We we, we need we, yeah, we need to have a, a real, you know, come to Jesus moment with ourselves. We need me our I brothers absolutely. do need to talk better to our women. Yes ma'am? Mm-hmm.
5: But even Howard University students last week were protesting over the last couple of weeks about their safety. So you're right. We need to probably go back to our HDCUs and put our, start putting our children in uh, historically black colleges and making sure that they have what they need to educate our children. But we also need a wall of protection around those schools for our children because just last week and some this week. Those kids were protesting like the kids at Missouri. We are not yeah. safe here. We are being threatened every day.
0: Hi, every they were
3: board
0: they, board they board they board getting...
3: I agree with that circle of uh, protection because, honestly, I always say, you know, first, you know, we're American citizens. Now, whether they treat us that way or not, we're right. entitled uh, to specific rights and, and, and treatment, so... Um, it needs to come to a point where wherever a black child is at, there is some form of protection, right? And I put it like this. You put a, uh, you take a Jewish kid, and you put them in some Christian university. Now, why the hell they would go there, I don't know. And a Jewish person would tell you, I don't know why the hell they would go there either, right? But you put them in, a, in that Christian <laughs> institution, right? You put them in that Christian yep. institution, and they get treated wrong. There's a the circle of protection where... At Christian University, gonna say, oh God, why, why do we even let them in here? Because we're gonna go we to What did we do? Woke up the hornets' right. nest. did we do bringing these people in? Right, we need to get to right. a point where anybody mistreats one of ours, and someone says, "Why did we screw up?" Because we know these people have their stuff together. Someone's gonna to lose their jobs. Someone's gonna lose some money. Right? There's gonna be hell right. to pay because those people see themselves as the chosen one, and you cannot. You just cannot mess with them. we got to have that mindset where we just feel like, no, this whole country is my backyard. I go where I want it. every black child should feel like they can walk around like Shaft.
2: I can go where I
3: want to go. I can go down south, and I can walk in any neighborhood, and ain't nobody going to mess with me because right. we have our stuff together. And we're not really, and I know that's kind of taking it really far, but we have to have more of that mentality as well of, hey, this is my country. I'm gonna walk wherever I want to walk, and I dare you to put your hands on me or do anything crazy, right? So I think we need to move more in that direction. So I agree with that right. circle of protection. I just think we need to extend it, uh, extend it everywhere in the United no, States. No, no, I. East.
2: You know what, brother? I, I want to say this real quick. You know what? I I agree with that. I just want to say this. We're talking from a from a from a. We're trying to make ourselves stronger and strengthen who we are the collective. Yeah, and if we're going to strengthen who we are as a collective, what we need to do better of, we need to make sure we do a better job of the institutions that we have. Our institutions should never be lacking for money, and we should be right? making them money. Because if we got right. a playoff, it should be at least guaranteed that one HBCU, that's NC2A from the SWAC, right. one of these SWAC schools, should be in the playoffs. We would never see... Somebody pointed out to me, well, Jackson State got an all-white golf team. I wanted to ask them what the hell have they won? Those are white players that right. no other white golf team want to win. I know they did a story with Walter Payton's brother, and he's the coach. I know all about that. I saw it on, on HBO. But they're not winning much of anything. And, you know, a lot of brother, a lot of young brothers don't play golf like that. So that's an avenue right. where we're not really pursuing. But we're talking about sports that we're pursuing that we dominate, and golf doesn't right. pay the bills like football play, pays the bills or like basketball plays the bills. So how is it possible we got all these black men who are coaching these AAU teams, these little league teams, these high school teams, and anytime you talk to them about sending our boys to a college, the first college they want to talk about is some white man's college. So that mentality has to change to where we're at least saying our schools are begging for money because we're keeping some of our talent. The Chinese know how to keep talent. The uh, the Japanese know how to keep talent. The, the, the Iranians, the any other ethnic group know how to keep talent to make sure. That whatever institution they got running is is is, is still functional. Our issue is, I, I agree. We're sending, our, we're, sending agree our talent, we're sending all I, our talent. We're sending all our talent elsewhere. I agree with
0: that,
2: Thomas. And yeah, yeah and, then, and then we're saying well, we're, we're starving and we're broke. Well, how are we starving and broke when I can turn on TV and I can see an all-black team at Duke? What the hell are all black teams at Duke? i ready to tell
5: you how we could how we could end up broke with. The talent, as you so appropriately described it. They treat it it to us as if it's some sort of insult to have these skills and these talents. But then on the other sideline, on the entertainment sideline, they're the first in line to sign our rappers, our, our athletes, whatever aspect of entertainment you want to point at. They got a whole system in place to matriculate our boys and girls through it. But they shamed us into believing that these talents are, you know, part of our uh, of the stereotypical description of us. We so musical, we so athletic. Our bodies are able to do this. It's conditioning. It's conditioning. When black folks start to realize that our that that one of our best GDPs, gross domestic
2: I'm going to check it out. Oh wow, Angela! I think it kind of went in and go out. Your cell phones are doing that. Oh, oh no! Hollis, call Hollis, Hollis' phone dropped. Angela, drop. okay, all right. So it looks like what's going on here, uh, Rannas, is that my calls are dropping in. Angela, can I hear you? Angela?
5: Yes, I hear you. Loud
2: all clear. right. and y your call had went in and went out, and then Hollis had uh, dropped. Hollis had dropped off. Oh wow! Uh, 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 go ahead, and finish finish your comment.
5: I'm just saying that you know a lot of this is the converse is the internal conversation that we need to have with each other as a community, and then break it off into small you know smaller groups and begin to build those bridges and develop that. Uh, infrastructure that we need to have in order to see our own value in this environment you know we're as african-americans we're, we're trained and conditioned to identify with everybody but us
0: exactly. we can't
5: hardly say with this black lives matter thing that we need to pay attention to us we can't take the latinos with us we can't take the chinese people with us The the gays with us we need to worry about us right now because our house is burning down, and I notice ain't nobody coming to our rescue.
2: Like Man, we've been you know, say, off say and say going that. to
5: their rescue.
2: Say that. And you know so, what, and that's the sad, that's the sad thing about the the, the the Black Lives Matter movement for me is that I see that so much. They, they're so – you know what, Some, someone was pointing out the, uh, to me today, they said, you know, it just seems like the Black Lives Matter movement is it's is, is a movement – that it, 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 it challenges some of the, the, the authority, but it makes a lot of other whites feel comfortable. And as long as it makes them feel comfortable, it's not necessarily going to challenge every aspect that we need to challenge. It's just a slogan. And now we got, I mean, here in Minnesota, Sister Angela, we got Native Lives Matter. We got Black Lives Matter, Native Lives Matter, All Lives Matter.
0: It's you got being co all
2: these over kids.
5: the place, just like the civil rights. Aspect our success with civil with with uh, putting this country in a position of establishing civil rights, we did that uh, just like it's been co-opted and and the the blueprint has been used to further other people's agenda. Now I don't I don't mind hear me now I don't have a problem with no other group, but I do have a problem with the take 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 and not replenishing.
2: The warehouse where you get it from. Mm. And you know what? I'm gonna let that be the last word because that's really what I have an issue with uh, at this particular time. Uh, I, I want to say they said that the Minneapolis cop caught pointing a rifle at Representative of uh, Keith Ellison, arm unarmed son. So see how that works out. Even uh, Keith Ellison's son. Uh, we all know him as Keith Muhammad, but I don't want to talk about that too much. Right there, right sister, Lanisha. <laughs>
0: Uh
2: We all know him as Keith Muhammad, but, you know, he swear he was never in the nation. Anyway, um, We he, they was pointing at his son. And, and, and you know, that just shows you, uh, you know, any of us can have this stuff happen to us. So none of us is too high on the hall, Brother Keith. He's a good brother. I like Keith. I'm, I'm, you know, I say what I say about the nation because I feel like Keith could be, you know, it, it shouldn't be a shame that the brother was in the Nation of Islam and he's running for office. Man, we got clan members in there. And last time I checked, the Nation of Islam ain't did nothing wrong to anybody, no white organization. So white folks ain't got nothing they need to worry about, neither do Jews. So my point is, that we, we have to really look at how people are taking our stuff, like Sister Angela said, and they're borrowing from us. And when we need stuff, nobody shows up to our rescue. And when we do, we get this superficial stuff. People want to help us out as long as we're not talking about serious change. When we start talking hey, about serious about change, that? people run.
5: Absolutely. Did you hear the the presidential candidates? And, and it, first of all, especially on the Democratic side, Black Lives Matter ever hardly gets brought up. Black people hardly ever gets brought up, and then when they do, when they have spoke to it, they said, "Bush, Bush said something that I'm paraphrasing. Like I'm going to, you know, empathize, but they gonna have to work for what they want. I'm not giving nothing free away. Hmm. Hmm. I got an issue with that.
2: Oh no, definitely. Not, but, but I'm not know, looking I, for I'll freebies,
5: say- but I am looking for a substantive." Statement on what you're gonna do because you're president of all people, not just the others or even just us. I'm simply saying, don't treat me like I'm a beggar at my own doorstep in my own house.
2: Right. No, you know what, sister? I I, I would say this. I would, and and and, uh, I'm gonna say it again. I'm not knocking the president. You gotta always say this because President Obama's supporters. When you say anything that's critical, sure. everybody gets to swear you're trying to, like, you, you mad at the president. No. I'm saying, like you're saying, hey, we voted, too. So the fact that we voted, too, the fact that we pay taxes, too, the fact that we're part of the citizenry, when we say we got issues, man, this stuff where we, we've we had for the past five years young uh, young to old African-American men and women Gunned down, some gunned down in their houses by police raids, some being shot at Walmart, and you know, if it in any other
5: community, it would be some very different actionative stuff being done. It it it's yes, only because yes. it's our community that is being thought and and dealt with with this. Uh, oh, I empathize. Oh, that's awful, but I ain't gonna do nothing to change it including us and i'm you know, i'm using that voice on us too it's not just the other that's us too wow that happened to them i hope it don't happen to me but like you said this could happen to anybody what happened to that young man in minnesota what happened to tamir rice what happened to sandra bland what happened to all these black folks we've been in an uproar about could happen to any of us any day anywhere in america and we better Get past the tragedy and get on the strategy.
2: All right, sister. And with that, we're gonna close the show out. That's Rad Radio. We'll be back next week for sure, giving you an update. Uh, We're giving you an update of what's going on with this. We also are gonna we're gonna get down and we're gonna talk about this uh, TWI, which is primarily white institutions versus HBCU. Uh, This week we had a skip on it. Hey, you know we're coming back. Uh, oh, I want to give a special shout out to Sister Lanisha. She is uh, battling um, her fibromyalgia. She's uh, having a flare up. Mm-hmm. She uh, did a lot she of does. stuff with the family today. Even tuned into the show. She's always one of our top supporters. Hey, I appreciate it, uh, um, Sister. Uh, man, I got I got another sister who, man, I, you know what, Karima. I almost forgot your name. I've been on Kariba forever. Hey, I appreciate you (laughs) tuning in uh, to the show tonight as well. as Sister Umi out inside of St. Louis and uh, Brother Owen and a few other people. Brother Adrian Mack, I want to thank you for coming on. Brother Mel, uh, Brother Hollis, and Sister Angela Thomas out inside of Las Vegas. I appreciate you for coming on. Uh, What what are you guys talking about this Sunday on um, Our Own Voices?
5: Actually, I haven't had my production meeting this week. I'm sure it's gonna be fact feel, fun feel. I know we're gonna talk about a look, you know, talk about what we talked about this evening. So, you know, you guys join us Saturday, where you know at twelve thirty uh, on the on the West Coast and three thirty out East. We always gonna kick it live and real on our own voices live. So, you know, I'm glad you back, right, so, well, Thomas. I had to call in and welcome you back, and you know, thank you so much for bringing what's on our front page. To, to back to the platform, um, you know. I'm sorry you guys are national news in this fashion, but I'm very glad we have you to bring it to bring it to the people for real and, and have a substantive conversation about it. So glad you're back, man.
2: Hey, well, hey, I appreciate you and brother Rodney, and I'll be out in Vegas soon. Hey, you uh, enjoy the rest I, of your uh, evening, and tell your brother—I uh, mean, tell your husband—I said what's up.
5: I will. Take care. Bye bye.
2: All right. All right. Bye. And that's Rat Radio. Yo, we're back. I told you guys, you know, we were coming back. It's the return of the real. Um, We needed to be back in the building. We were missing being on the air. Uh, A lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of misinformation uh, being poured out there. And you know what? The time was now to come back. We wanted you guys with at least seven stiff shows to make sure uh, you uh, get it how you live. Oh, and if you are checking out – the Rat Radio Facebook page, you'll also start seeing videos from the Brother Built, uh segments that we've been doing. That's also part of Rat Radio where we're having uh, brothers uh, in Twin Cities, my circle of brothers, we meet up. We have these discussions on cameras. Uh, our last discussion was on mental health and depression, uh, some very serious topics. It's going to be a lot of trauma. From this murder, uh, this brother who murdered his family is going to suffer trauma. The community. I just want you to remember, a ten-year-old boy witnessed the shooting, looking out his front uh, front window. So this young man is going to have to remember seeing his brother being shot and killed. He's one of the witnesses, and uh, this is trauma that's going to affect the entire community for a long time to come. This is trauma that probably won't be. Um, they probably won't get a lot of therapy for this, but they need therapy. So just keep that in mind. Keep your uh, families in your prayers, and uh, I'll rant you n- next week. Thank you, everybody who uh, tuned in, even you guys who are listening on the uh, archives. Peace.